Hi there, listeners. You might not remember me, but I'm Emily, and with me is... Christine. It's, it's been a while, Christine, has it not? Is the last show the Christmas one? Yeah, and it didn't... Oh, wow. like it, That doesn't necessarily feel that long ago. Like I guess it's been about a month, which is a little longer than usual, but I'm just looking at my movie list. I'm like, I watched so much shit since then. Well, at least one of us did. Oh, I, I, I try to do my part to keep us, uh, keep us even and stuff. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Well, was your Christmas good? We never really talked about that. Um, I don't remember it. I think it was good. Hey, <laughs> when I don't remember a holiday, I consider that a victory. It was so long ago. Yeah, how about New Year's? That was less that, long ago. I guess that was okay, too. Did how you make it yours? to midnight? Do you stay up till midnight? Are, yeah, are you one I'm, of those crazy like kids that do that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I stayed up. I just I I got a Christmas present from from someone named Emily, and it's what? a headset with, with a microphone on it, and I keep hitting the microphone. <laughs> Don't touch the it. microphone. So sorry. So, that, so you're using that? you're using the headset. I am. So for those who want to get a visual, this was actually from Fozzie, the wonderful Jason, who had like all this. He's gone through, I guess, a whole bunch of different recording styles, and he mm-hmm. had two of these headsets. So they're like. They, they were like air traffic controllers, only podcasters. And I'm not, I'm definitely not used to it. Yeah, so. it, it takes a little getting used to you. Like you can, we can wave your hands around and not worry about knocking over a microphone, which for me yeah, is a I, really good benefit. I keep smashing myself in the face. So <laughs> Try I don't not know to that, do that. If that's a good trade off. Well, it's, it's better than spilling things on your computer. Not like I've ever done that. I totally have done that's that. That's true. Uh, so now, did you make any, do you, are you a resolution person? Did you make resolutions? Um, I'm typically not. I try to do stuff, like, when I think of it, and it's mm-hmm. something I should do, I just do it. Um, like, I know I should be going to the gym more, so I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they tell me. But, uh, do you make resolutions? Uh, usually not at all. It's, I mean, again, it's, you know, that January 1st gives you that surge of like, okay, I'm going to start thinking about, you know, my physique and, and this and that. Um, but usually I like kind of also do that anti-resolution thing where I'm like, screw it. I'm going to live how I want to live until February and then I'll change. Um, (laughs) but did you have, you posted something that made me think you were doing a reading resolution thingy. Um, Oh, I shared something, I think. I don't know. I'm trying to read more, but I always try to read more. It was more. like one of those like different things, like make sure within the year that you've read. Oh, yeah. It's really neat. It's 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 a good motivation mm-hmm. thing if you're like, if you've just kind of, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I come to this like crossroads where I'm like, I, I don't know what I should read. Yeah. Like you don't I have anything really on deck or that you're excited about. Mm-hmm. And so... It's a good jump start thing. I've been doing good so far. I've read three books this year already. Awesome. 
you've also written, well, you've written a book, not this year, but just to <laughs> remind her people, there is a book written by Christine that's available on Amazon called Wake Up Maggie. Go get it. Thanks. Uh, now, today on today's show, let's tell the people what we're going to talk about before we delve into what we've been watching. Um, we're going to talk about um, 2004's Birth and 2013's Under the Skin. There's yes. a, there's a theme here. There is a theme. Yeah. And it's it, a Jonathan Glazer double feature. Oh, I thought the theme was um, pretty uh, women speaking very quietly. Oh. Uh, but it also works fun- as a Jonathan Glazer double feature. This is going to be a fun show. <laughs> I'm really excited about this show. All right. All right. Uh, so before we get into those, Christine, would you like to tell me what you've been watching this past month? Sure. I can probably keep it tight and stuff there hasn't been that much um did i tell you how i watched paranormal activity i don't recall but again that was like a year ago now well i I was like hey let's rewatch the paranormal activity so we rewatched all five of them Uh, i still haven't seen the fifth one man i fucking love that franchise i'm at the risk of being really like vulgar like (laughs) suck my dick if you don't like those movies (laughs) I, I get the, the I, re, I honestly I'm not that big of a fan of the first and second one other than the fact that they 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 build the base that the rest yeah. of the franchise um, lives upon. Okay, but this, the third and fourth one are tremendous. Oh, so you like? I feel like the last time we talked about these movies, you didn't like the third one. No, I, lo- I, I really like the third, the third one. one. Um, maybe I like. I think I might have liked the third one better because. That we started off with the third one because I had seen the first and the okay. second, and Zach hadn't, and we just jumped right into the third one because neither of us had seen it. Mm-hmm. And then we went three, four, five, and then then we watched one and two, but there was some distance. This one we did one, two, three, four, five, okay. rapidly. And when you do it like that, it is very clear that the first and the second one are not good. Huh? See, I. I felt, and I've, n- I don't think I've ever rewatched any of them. I've seen again the first four, but I think each one I've only seen one time. Mm-hmm. I the first one, I mean, I, it's kind of similar to the first entry of a lot of series to me, where it, um, it worked when you saw it. Now, when you go back to it, there are certainly weaknesses to it that maybe are amplified by the fact that other movies have done it better. Um, the second one, I always felt like it was probably a better movie, but I just really hated the characters to the extent where. I was. I found a. I found it really oh, hard to care and invest myself in what was. No, happening. the second one. Everyone's so dislikable. Yeah, the daughter's okay, but she's not in it. She's much. She's the only one. But and yeah, they, the the wife and the husband are just yep. like terrible, rich, awful white people that I hated. Yep. And I think that they somebody must have been like, huh, the daughter was the only likable one, eh? Because then they become in, these like very youth skewed yes and well part films part three it's kids and they're it's it's good kid actors they're like it's really interesting to me for that but then yeah part four which to me shouldn't have worked but part four is good because and because i didn't think it would work because i find it generally far less interesting when you have like a 15 year old as your lead character she's but she's great yeah she's a great little actress and they make the character not be an obnoxious 15 year old and it really works that's it's probably my favorite mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I need to watch the fifth one. I do. Um, the fifth one I like. 
Um, it's not as strong as mm-hmm. the other. I was three and four for me, but I, I like the fifth one. Okay. So I don't know why we just watched them. Um, <laughs> you don't, you don't um, have to justify your, your decisions, Christine. I love yeah. it. I love them so much. And we had just gotten the Blu-ray that was one, two, and three. Nice. And then four showed up in the mail. It did. Oh, hello. I'm so excited to watch it again. Nice. Um, so on Christmas, we watched Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, yay. And Scrooged. Scrooged, Scrooged, right? Okay. Scrooged. I didn't watch Scrooge this year. Scrooge. You know, it's been a long time since I had seen it. Um, I, awesome. Always yeah. enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, on I think it was the day after Christmas. Maybe we watched um the interview. Okay. What you know, you how think? that whole thing happened? <laughs> a million years wait, ago. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got to refresh my memory here. Wow. Yeah. Nobody's even gonna remember that in like a year. It's so weird. Like, it feels so far and saying, like, um, yeah, we downloaded it, like, for Paisies, and we watched it, and I thought it was great. Really? Yeah, I laughed like a moron through most of it. Really, really worked for me. I heard a lot of negative stuff about it, but... See, I found myself in a really weird place because I kind of didn't, when it was first, when all this shit first happened, Mm -hmm. I found it really hard to not be like the um what's the word like the anti-movie anti-liberal and say like look guys this is a movie where we're where we're taking a country's leader who they think is a god and killing him on screen and this is a country that's really like i wouldn't put it past them to just you know nuclear bomb places so i don't necessarily fault the studio for not releasing it which mm-hmm. you say that and you sound crazy to an extent but yeah but yeah i i mean i tried not to it sounds silly to say but i tried not to bring any of that in mm-hmm. and it, it i would love to hear your opinion i think it worked for a lot of okay. reasons like they did a lot of things right and i don't think they got credit for that okay. people were, were either dismissive of it or like gave it praise without any basis okay and yeah it was yeah. it was actually i thought it was really funny and really interesting okay one of these days i'll get to it you should um i watched divergent oh okay what did, what did you think i bored me to tears at the trailers i saw i thought this looks like the most boring ya cash grab and I saw the trailer like eight times because every time I went to the movies, they were showing it. They would show it, yeah. I really thought that movie was going to bomb. I was surprised that it did as well as it did. It did real well. And the second yeah. one is, is hot on its heels. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably look at the second one um, just because, just to see if it if it ever gets moving. Sure. But um, this one kind of was boring. And it did the thing, like, I was so charmed by the Maze Runner that I let yeah. a lot of stuff I don't usually, like, slide in that one. Mm-hmm. But it... it did the thing where it world builded in an annoying way with all these words and mm-hmm. these things and I'm just like stop you stupid shank um I didn't I didn't love it uh, but again like two days after I watched it I saw somebody on my Twitter was like that was amazing <laughs> so somebody likes it yeah, good good um, <laughs> good good for them they make a Barbie doll too I thought that was cute <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just for no reason had nothing to do and rewatched Galaxy Quest. Oh, uh, why not? That's on. That's, that's on instant. Delightful. I love that movie. Yeah, it's so again, good. I only saw it for the first time recently, and it was I delightful. remember that. 
Yeah, there for a while I felt like there was a lot of like people weren't giving it the credit that it deserved. Like mm-hmm. it's actually a super good movie. I'm glad yeah, people no, like it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, now, that was it for 2014. So first movie for 2015. Make it count. We were like we got to make this fucker count. Yeah. And for some reason, Zach put on the fourth kind. <laughs> yes, he did. And I was, and we were like seven minutes into it, and we shut it off. Oh man! Oh, we, was we it no like, face blindness movie? Well, I, I think the face blindness movie came up like six or seven times in that <laughs> seven minutes, and then you were like, so "Fuck we, it, let's just watch the face blindness movie." Yeah, we were donezos. We we shut it off. Wow. Um, couldn't couldn't do it. Speaking of another movie that was shut off, this would be further down in my list if I had watched it. Um, Into the Woods. Ah, I still haven't seen it yet. Now I love the musical, and actually, Brian and I were just talking. They're doing an off Broadway um, presentation of it where they're doing it where it's just like actors and a piano, no sets, and, and we're gonna do that. <laughs> cool. You just don't like musicals. Um, musicals are great, but this was not what I wanted ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you should watch it. I, would I will. Really like I have, I have friends that are pissed off at me that I haven't gotten to see it yet. But Ugh. I really felt like like this. The, the people talk about like, well, this wasn't for me. Clearly, I was the last person they considered when they made this movie. Okay. <laughs> they were like, Christine doesn't like it. That's fine. Everybody <laughs> else will. <laughs> um, but I'm really curious to see if it works on you because I was just. I was like cold. Was it, it the story and music or was it the kind of style that left you cold? Everything. Okay. The story was weird. The characters were like not fun and dislikable, but just kind of like dislikable. Mm-hmm. And it was this, this, that singing style of like, this isn't really a song, but we're going to sing every line we have, mm-hmm. but it's not a song. <laughs> Well, it's Sondheim, and he's very because yeah. he's he's very wordy in his music. So there's a lot of like like patter where it's just kind of rhythmic talking that rhymes. Da, 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 da. I I could do it if you want. I could do the whole into the woods if you wanted. Um, bear, you cannot see sweet. my face. Besides, you ever see a bear with thirty foot feet? Dragon, no scorch marks. Usually they're linked. Uh, I'll stop because I could. Keep going. I wish you could have seen my face. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should watch it. I couldn't finish it. Okay, I have. Cu- and maybe that's my New Year's resolution. If I feel like I cannot get into a movie, I might just bail. That's fair. That, I, I mean, gave it, we that, were in it for a while yeah. too. I have a hard time doing that because I feel like, for me, a lot of times uh, watching a movie involves getting on the bus and queuing up Netflix and picking mm-hmm. it and has to load. So if I bail on the movie, it's not like I can just go to the next one. Like that's another like couple of minutes of it loading and everything else yeah. and risking it not loading. Um, so it's it's a bigger uh, bigger investment for me to turn it off, which says something when I do. Well, I, I, I completely understand that this is very new for me and it's frightening mm. so far, but I think the fourth kind was a good place to start. <laughs> Um, so the real mo- movie that I watched, the real first movie I watched in 2015, um, was The Guest. Oh, okay. And you were quite a fan of The Guest, if uh, I, I did hear. I have not been so in love and surprised and gleeful about a movie mm. since Hobo with a Shotgun. Wow. That's high praise from you. I know that. It is. I, w- I want to buy it. Mm. Now, The Guest was, um, is it scary or funny or both? Both. Both. Okay, because I haven't but, seen any trailers for it. I've just heard people talk about it. Um, it's, yeah, I hadn't seen any trailers for it either, and I heard minimal 
talk about it just okay. it kept popping up like I kept seeing it places mm-hmm. but I wasn't re- and, and people seemed to like it but I was like eh, kind of it's Wingard yeah and, and I, you know I'm kind of like I, I have not been impressed yep. with the things I've seen from him mm-hmm. recently and I didn't really know what to expect and then wow it's good it's yeah. like it really is like someone it's like a John Carpenter movie okay it's, but like in the best, greatest way. It's, okay, I, it's, I could see. I mean, based on your next, so which I feel like was definitely my favorite thing he's done, and felt like okay, he's he's doing a lot of things right mm-hmm. that his shorts have not told me he would do right. Um, I could, I could yeah. see that. Um, really good. Cool. So I can't recommend it enough. Okay, awesome. Um, I I'm gonna buy it. So, I did a podcast. You did? I was. I wanted to make sure you brought that up. I did, and I'll post a link to it mm-hmm. in, in the, the, the Facebook group because I couldn't tell you how to get to it if I wanted to right now. But <laughs> it's a um, mutual friend, mm-hmm. this podcast. I don't know if I should give his Christian name or his his internet name i know i'm not sure i can't i feel like i've given both because i'm i just am not as thoughtful as that all right well he's elwood jones on twitter (laughs) Um, but but we we, i i got to pick two movies out of this massive list and it was daunting and terrifying and exciting and i um i picked phantom of the paradise and dead hooker in a trunk Mm -hmm. um phantom of the paradise one of my favorite movies dead hooker in a trunk a movie i've never seen before yeah, and and I listened to the first half of it. I didn't get to finish it yet, um, but the first half of it where you talked about Dead Hooker in the Trunk, and it's a very interesting, it's a, very, it's a great listen, everybody, to the podcast. Um, but it made me really mad that you haven't seen American Mary yet, because I really want to know what you think of American Mary. Have you seen Dead Hooker in the Trunk? No. Okay. And from um, what you guys were talking about, I'm like, I don't know if I really need to see it. Yeah. And I hope what I how I really felt came across, like, I didn't like it, but... I what was there was good enough for me to be like yeah I want to see more like if that makes any sense it does um, yeah I mean it, it, the way you guys were talking about it, it just sounds very much like a it is a low budget first attempt at a genre movie uh, riddled with the typical drawbacks you get from that but that there was something there I guess yeah know, yeah but American Mary is so just I mean if you love Catherine Isabel she is amazing in it but I think especially for you it's the kind of movie that I think you would find really I want to know what you specifically think of it not because I think you're like the kind of woman who's gonna you know like torture and do face plans on people and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Uh, I just really think the style and the both the like visual style and just the kind of acting style and and the, and the way the characters are presented, I just think you would really have something interesting to say about it. So I want to hear oh. your thoughts on it. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. Exciting. All right. Well, I should really look at it. Yeah, um, it's on instant. I think. Yeah, it was last time I checked. Um, exciting. So yes, I I do have to watch it. Um, I followed that up with a movie that I don't know if you saw, but I hope you did, because I want to talk to you about it. Um, Annabelle. I haven't yet. Oh, God. It's on top of my queue for as soon as it comes out, I'll see it. Oh, God. Damn me for... Did you like it? I fucking loved it. Really? Oh, my gosh. I liked it to an 
insane degree. Like, ah. If Into the Woods, they were like, nah, Christina, <laughs> Christina O'Neill to like this. With this movie, they were like, I hope they made Annabelle like this. for you. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, you know me and my killer dolls. I love me some killer dolls. Like, I hope she's into this because we made it for her. <laughs> um, I liked it a lot. It, okay. It was sh- shocking. Huh. Shocking how good it was, um, especially after like a lot of the stuff I had heard about it. Yeah, I have not heard anything anything glowing. That, I loved it. It was scary. Okay. I didn't. There's a little bit of it, it suffered. And speaking of this, I rewatched The Conjuring, but it suffers from a little bit of The Conjuring at the end. The third act. Like, I yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really like the way The Conjuring ended. That being said, I rewatched it last night, and it still fucking scared me. Yeah, I, I like. So, I really like The Conjuring. So I think of the conjuring like is a one. I think you might like Annabelle. Okay, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm, it, you know, I was even gonna see it in the theater. I just never got around to it. Do you know what it's about? Well, I know it's about the doll, but it's it's about so much more. I, then I don't know what it's about. <laughs> okay, well, I I want you to watch it, and and I just want you to know that it's about so much. More. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they're um, gonna build it. Yeah, I oh my gosh! When people say like it was better than it had to be, uh-huh. I go like, oh, you people! But it really was. Okay, it was like somebody somebody said, oh, go make a movie about this doll, and they were like, but then somebody else was like, no, make it about so much more. About so much more. It's kind of like Rosemary's Baby, but not interesting. But kinda. All right, you you've sold me. I'll, I'll watch it. Damn right. I liked it a lot. I don't know. I'm, I should go read negative reviews of it to see what people didn't like. <laughs> um, no reason to tarnish your happiness. Hey, it was so good. I, I want to buy it. Um, I watched This Was Illegal again because it's not available in this country yet, but then I gave to its Kickstarter, oh. so I am absolved. Yes. Um, what We Do in the Shadows, have you heard of it yet? Uh, the title's familiar. It's the mockumentary, the vampire mockumentary by the guy who did, who's in that Flight of the Concords show. Oh, but okay. I don't know. Okay. Oh, oh wow. It's really good. Cool. It's super duper good. Sounds intriguing. I like him. Uh, yeah. It's funny and, and good and like, it's super low budge, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's, since it's that like documentary style, it You're, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's really good though. Um. But they're, it's going to get released, I guess, in New York and L.A., and they're playing it at the Sunshine. Ooh. So if you ever want to leave your house. Oh, but it's so warm and comfortable in here. I know. I know. I know. I know. But it, it was really good. So, you know, when it it, it will eventually cycle around. And mm-hmm. I'm sure. If you get a chance, you should okay, see Okay, I will it. keep it on my radar. Um, I watched John Wick. Okay, I've, I've not seen it. I know it, it gave many of our friends orgasms. I Did didn't it give think- you one? I didn't. Again, it, this is like the guest. I I was like, eh, mm-hmm. it's not gonna it's not gonna work for me. And it was so good. Nice. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so you should watch that. Okay. It made a lot of people really happy. Yeah, I you were among them. It is. It is that good. You know, okay. like sometimes I get scared when people get all up in arms about mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Um, I followed that up with a terrible movie called Running Scared. I don't know. Was that Richard Pryor? No. (laughs) This is a Paul Walker movie. Oh, God. Um, Wait, wait, wait. He's not in a car. He's on foot. Well, he's in a car at some point. But, like, this is a movie, I think it was from 2004, or maybe I'm making that up. Zach was like, 
totes should watch this. I remember it being crazy. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And we watched it and it was so bad. And, and the whole, I'd say the whole final third of the movie, he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that um, happens sometimes in my house. But the kid in birth, I think his name's like Cameron. Right. He is in Running Scared. Nice. And Vera Farmiga oh, is in Running Scared, and she was in The Conjuring. So it all came around for me. Okay. Nice thematic um, and, connection. I know. And then and finished it off with um, some Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Which is streaming. And I said, hey, did you know about all the um, homosexual subtext in this? And Zach was like, what? No. And then we watched it, and he's like, I still don't know what you're talking about. What? Really? Yeah. Like, wait. Christine? <laughs> There's the, the, are you sure he's not like hiding something? I don't know, man. It was so weird. I, he's like, well, no, I think you're just blowing that out of proportion. And I was like, what? No, it's like this, common knowledge. It's like this when point. people say when people don't get that Starship Troopers is a satire. Yeah, like it's really obvious. Yeah, it's oh, kind of weird. It is kind of weird, but the, the I don't know. He's like, well, I, and the, I guess maybe I could see me. it. Yeah. Huh. Uh, wow. Show him the segment of uh, Never Sleep Again where they talk I about I was going to say, it, it, it's, it's addressed pretty clearly yeah. in that documentary. Yeah. The the star from that movie, um, I forget his name, Mark something, Mark Patton. Yeah, um, I think so. Essentially, like, I mean, in real life, he is gay. And he, when he, like, goes around and does shows and does conventions, like, he talks so much about how... Like, the movie helped him come out, how many people he's met, like, because I think he has a couple of, like, foundations and everything, and how many people, like, how many, like, young gay men write to him about that movie and talk about yep. how it really, like, helped them and everything. Like, yeah. It's, it's just the weirdest thing I've ever heard is for somebody to not see that it's a gay movie. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe he thought, like, I was pushing my own agenda or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, it's pretty... It's pretty, pretty widely right, guys. Gay. Like, yeah. I'm saying it as in homosexual, not as in, like, the alternative use of gay that isn't used anymore. Like, <sighs> it was just, it was really funny. But yeah. That is very funny. Yeah. So that, that's, that's me. That's what you got? That's me. All right. So, um, going through my list. Uh, okay. So for Christmas Eve, I guess it was, as I was, like, packing up because we went to Kentucky for Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, me and my traditions. Now, I have a lot of different Christmas Eve traditions. I Nutcracker. Did not do the Nutcracker in 3, 3D this, this, this time. Um, I don't know why. What's wrong with me that I didn't do that? But I did not watch it this year. Um, you know, did the Pee Wee's Christmas special, as I always do. Mm -hmm. uh, and did... Now, this, this was kind of a switch for me. I did the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. Interesting. Yeah, usually I always go straight to part two because mm -hmm. essentially it is the best of part one added with the wackiness of part two. Yes, However, you have mentioned that. Yeah, the thing about part one that I completely forget is that it has one of the best montages of any 80s movie ever. Mm -hmm. There's like the montage where it's him working in the toy store and everything's great. And there's JB involved, J and B at that point. Like, and it's just really like happy, innocent song. And I forget about that sometimes. So I'm really glad I, uh, I went back to the original, went classy, <laughs> if you will. Um, so that was really all the seasonal watching I did. The rest oh, was wow. just a, That's a, kept it real light. Huh? I did. Yeah. Well, the rest is a ran very random mix. Um, so let me run through. 
I don't remember who raved about this, but enough people raved about a movie called The Battery that I put it at the top of my queue. Hmm. So this is a new movie. came out on DVD, I guess, a couple months ago. It is a low-budget um, zombie movie about there's a zombie plague, blah, blah, and there's these two guys who are traveling together. I guess what also appealed to me from – I remembered nothing about putting it on my queue, um, but as soon as I got the disc, I'm like, okay, this is probably why. Was it's like zombie apocalypse and the two survivors that you're with are two like minor league baseball players. Mm-hmm. So for that in itself was like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, I, I find that interesting. Um, this movie was okay for a two thousand for a movie made in 2014 about zombies. It does some things right where it's not a, like you, you don't see zombies for really much at all. And when you uh-huh. do, it's like an hour into the movie, it's much more about like the world being empty and these two guys. Um, uh, and the guys are good. It's really, really hipster uh, in that, like, it has, like, a soundtrack that you know every song on that soundtrack was, like, the director was like, yeah, man, we're going to use this one. Um, So I was kind of annoyed by it, but at the same point, I kind of appreciate it, and I feel like there's a lot of people out there that will really like this movie. I, I again, I thought it was better than, than a lot of things, but... I was, I think I was expecting just something either scarier or not so hipster, I guess. Really? Yeah. Huh. You haven't heard anything about this movie? No. I can't even remember where I heard about it. Maybe it's a case of like recognizing the the poster or something. I'm just going to type it in on my really. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was okay. It was, (laughs) I I feel like I'm like, like insulting it now because it wasn't bad. It was just. No, definitely no idea what this is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think again, people that are always interested in like do something different with zombies, it does do something different because it's by no means, it's not about the zombies at all. It's about these two guys um, who have different kind of approaches to dealing with the end of the world and so on. Um, and I didn't hate it. I kind of liked it, but I just, I don't know. I just like, don't ever want to see it again, I guess. Interesting. So the director is, is like the the actor. He's the main guy. And I liked him in it a lot. He's cute. Yeah. He's the one with the beard or like, he's like kind of, kind of scruffy, right? Yeah. The other, the other so guy's if really he listens to this, he should know that I said he was cute. And- right, so he's a little scruffy. Yeah, he's, he is really cute in it. And he's, I liked him a lot in the movie. Hmm. Um, and again, it did something so right, especially for, um, you know, an independent, made-on-nothing budget movie, horror movie. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that is a really good example of how you can do some things. Uh, so yeah, it, it's fine. I just, it was just like a personal thing like that, I, that, I don't know. I was, I was just not in a like hit mood that night, maybe. No, I got what you're saying. The stills from it look like really good. Oh, it's, um, it's but, really a good looking movie too. They, but I they film see... a lot outdoors and it looks, it's like, I think mostly filmed in like the forest of Connecticut. Um, and yeah, it's, it, I think this guy will be able to make some interesting things going forward. I forget his name. Like, yeah, Jeremy Gardner. That sounds right. Um, there is a character um, credited as Fresh Slut Zombie. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. good. Yeah, it says set um, aimless path across a desolate New England like mm-hmm. that. Right there, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, but- you should if it. It's the kind of movie that should come to instant watch. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it does, and I'd be curious what you think. Cool. I would definitely look at it, yeah. All right. Uh, on Instant Watch, I watched At the Devil's Door, which is directed by uh, 
the guy who directed The Pact. Ooh! Um, and this movie, it has um, Naya Rivera from Glee in it, and mm-hmm. also the chick from Maria Full of Grace is also in this movie. Um, it's, I don't even know what this is. It's decent, I would say. It's not great. It's not as good as The Pact. It's a little more uh, ambitious in its storytelling, but it's not really... Like, it should have been longer for what it tries to do, or it hmm. should have been shorter and more concise. Okay. Um, but it does just something, and again, it does what the pack did really well, which is it has a really good, interesting, believable sister dynamic. Mm-hmm. And this movie, like, it's really, it's three, the main characters are three different women who are very different, and they're all really well handled. So I appreciated it, like, for that. Um, I just didn't think it was quite as tight as the pact. But worth a watch. Yeah, I didn't. I you know now that you say it, I've seen that the poster uh, probably comes the, up. Yeah, well, it's it funny comes for up, me but... too because I put it on my queue. I don't even remember why I put it there. It might have been because the Night Living podcast was reviewing it. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, here's a you know, I, I'll sometimes I like to play along. And I'm watching the movie, and I'm maybe about like 20 minutes into it, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is like, and I wasn't loving it, but I'm like, okay, this is made by somebody who knows what he or she is doing. So that's when I looked up who did it. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. As soon as I yeah. saw his name, because I didn't reckon, I didn't connect his name, but once I saw who it was, I'm like, oh, I should have almost realized that because of the way the plotting and characters are. It does feel like it's you know he has certain themes that he's interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's worth a watch. I, I didn't again, not as good as the Pact, but okay, I'll, I'll take it from him. I want to keep seeing what he does. Uh, also, an instant from to the year 2000, uh, which was, I don't know if you were You're aware. already laughing. What you- because in the year 2000, CGI was really not good, apparently. No, it's great. Um, uh, so Kim Basinger was pretty fresh off of her Oscar win for LA Confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, hence, she teams up with Christina Ricci and Jimmy Smits and Rufus Sewell and Angela Bettis. And the guy who directed Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 and the Blob remake for Bless the Child. <gasps> I hate this movie. This movie's really not good, but I'm like the only person in the world probably who didn't hate it because I found no, it really funny. No, it's so watchable. Oh, it's so bad, but it's, it's I was really so entertained. Bad. I giggled so much watching this movie when, not really spoiler alert, because it has like a cameo, when Christina Ricci's head falls off. Yeah. Guys, it's hilarious. This is one, of, and I don't really keep up with it anymore, but this is a movie that I've always thought they should do on How Did This Get Made. Oh, yeah. Because how, literally, a lot how did this movie get made? Well, because it's so, like, you think of the year, and it was, like, there were a lot of devilish things coming out then. Like, I guess it was kind of that, like, Y2K, ah, the world's gonna end. Um, so you had, like, this, End of Days, you had a couple of things like it, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, I, what's funny is this movie has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, and it's all like the top critics. And it's not like one of those where like people review it now. Like, no, no, no. When this movie came out, nobody gave it, gave it a recommendation. And I just found it, I mean, it's bad, but I just found it enjoyable because it wasn't boring. And when it was boring, it was entertaining and how it was boring, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a bizarre movie. It's really weird. And I highly recommend everybody watch it right now. Uh, also on Instant Watch, a movie called Baby Blues. Now, there are a lot of movies out there called Baby Blues. Um, this one is a recent Hong Kong horror movie, kind of about a killer doll, sort of. Um, it, it's, it's, I, yeah, something I've noticed about certain 
I think Asian horror films is like there's this very specific like PG-13 kind of style for some of them where they're mm-hmm. so harmless but they're also very adult. Like, this is a movie about a married couple who have babies, blah, blah. So it's not aimed at, like, the teenage crowd, but yeah. it's really innocent in, like, I don't think anybody actually dies in this movie. Uh, it's it's not, it's, again, weird. So I really enjoyed it, but most people wouldn't. But, I mean, it's kind of about a doll that's evil, sort of, kind of, but not that much. Um, a movie on Instant that I loved uh, is called Random Acts of Violence, also known mm-hmm. as Malcolm. Um, I was this. It has a terrible cover, uh, bad title. It doesn't, and even like when you start watching it, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna last. But this movie is essentially a like modern New York version of Man Bites Dog, except mm-hmm. it's more aware about how pretentious its lead is. If that makes sense, yeah. Because um, we were both kind of. Eh, on Man Bites Dog, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I think we both acknowledged its importance, yeah. but yeah. Um, and this movie is, it's the same kind of thing where it is a documentary about this guy who is killing people in Manhattan, in this case. And, you know, he's incredibly pretentious and is doing it because he wants to bring the city back to its glory days. Meanwhile, he's like a 30-year-old doorman who doesn't actually, like, know what he's talking about. Uh, but the thing is, and it's it's a satire that is so strong about not winking. And I have a feeling so many people will watch this movie and be like, oh, fuck that pretentious movie. But it totally understands that it is pretentious and is playing on it, but isn't telling you that it's playing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was so well done. Um, and the lead actor was also the writer-director, and I thought he was fantastic. Um, so I do recommend it a lot. It was almost going to be my instant watch recommend, except I have something way more exciting. Oh, exciting. I know. So let me run through a few more. Um uh, okay, uh, The Unsinkable Molly Brown, I watched on TCM. It, it was MGM's like last big musical with Debbie Reynolds. I found it really meh. I just didn't, the music is really kind mm-hmm. of blah, so I wasn't crazy about it. On Netflix Instant, I watched Ira and Abby, which is a, I wouldn't, it's probably classified as a romantic comedy, but it's really, it's just, it's a movie. It is drama and comedy, and it feels demeaning to call it a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is with, um, Chris Messina from the Mindy Project, who's amazing. In yeah, okay, I, I have heard of this, yeah. Yeah, and it's Jennifer Westfault from Kissing Jessica Stein and from John Hamm's mm-hmm. uh, bedroom, because they're together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like, it has a really good cast, like Fred Willard's in it, and Francis Conroy, and all these other people. Um, I liked it. It's a little quirky, and at times a little too cute, but is also kind of, like, honest and... Um, not necessarily sugarcoating relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found it was interesting, and I feel like a lot of people will enjoy it or get something from it. Uh, what I thought was fucking fantastic, and oh you my. told me to watch this. Um, you sung its praises, and so did um, Scott and Cat over at Married with Clickers. Fucking Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Oh yeah, Father I saw on fucker. the internet that you had watched it. How how fucking great is this movie? Isn't it like? It is better than it, it should be. be. <laughs> this is a movie that was like, okay, we've got 80 minutes. What are we going to do? We're going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. And oh, in man. 80 minutes, it is so fucking awesome. 
I loved it. My mom dragged me to it. You, I think oh, I'm sure you remember. I remember. The I do. She's, she's notorious for bringing me to movies that I don't really want to see mm-hmm. when she comes to visit. And this was so good. It's just so much fun. The fight scenes are awesome. Yep. It does some really new things. Um, it takes like I, the the anachronistic kind of thing doesn't always work but in this movie it totally works because they're just like fuck it we speak with american accents yeah they don't what you gonna do about it um the gretel is that gemma arturian however you say her name (laughs) fucking awesome so good oh god i loved it um i feel like at this point everybody's seen it but if you haven't it's on instant and you oh it's just so good yeah it, I'm glad you liked it. I thought it was surprisingly good. It's just so much fun. Um, a movie that I, for the first like hour, 10 minutes, I loved. And then I just was really, really pissed off. Um, Academy Award winning Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, yeah. Did you see it? I ha- I did. I saw it a little while back now. What did you think of it? Um, I liked it. I mean, I wasn't in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had some qualities that I enjoyed. Yeah, it. I mean, the acting was great across the board. I thought everybody was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradley yeah. Cooper was was fantastic. Um, but it like it sets up. It's it starts off for the first hour and something. It's doing something really interesting and really important that isn't done. Where it's giving you mental illness and it's get, and it's it's having mm-hmm. fun with it, but it's taking it really seriously. And it's hard to watch because it should be hard to watch. And then, spoiler alert, uh, the last 10 minutes, everything's great. Yeah. And it, it, it takes no – to me, it was, like, so irresponsible in the end because it resolves conflict with, like, oh, it's fine. We're in love now. Everything's great. What? what? Are you on medication? I don't know. We don't have to talk about that. What? And it really made me angry because I thought it really was doing something important and then just is like, oh, tie a bow on it. We're done. And it, yeah, it, yeah, there's definitely something I had an issue with, and I'm I didn't clearly didn't care enough mm-hmm. to um, be angry like me. Yeah, to like think about why <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like it. But there was something that kind of didn't work for me towards yeah. the end. Like it's yeah. charming, it's funny, um, and again, everybody's really good. But it just I felt like it really did itself a disservice by. Mm-hmm backing away and even chris tucker is okay i guess is what you're telling me by the end yeah like and i just thought it was so it had a chance to really be something special and i kind of was offended by what it did instead Mm -hmm. um a couple documentaries i watched bound by flesh which is on instant watch and it is about the hilton sisters who were conjoined twins Mm -hmm. um it's interesting if uh i mean that story their lives were really not just because they were conjoined twins but because of the era they grew up in and um, the business world they grew up in, it makes their story, you know, worth worth an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which I had started like a year ago and never finished and finally finished. Yes. And now I really just want sushi. Yeah. I don't have any good I think sushi that was, in my neighborhood. I think that's how everyone felt after that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, another movie that... Um, I don't, it took me way too long to see was a little thing that came out last year that like, I don't know, I guess a lot, I guess some people liked it called Snowpiercer. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it too. It's so much fun. It's, I, for some reason, I think I, I can't do math. Let's just come out and say it. So when I saw the running time on Netflix listed as like a hundred and something minutes, 
In my yeah. mind, that translated to, oh, I can't watch that. It's like a three-hour movie. No, it's like it's like two hours tops. Like, it's really not that long. <laughs> but for some reason, I had, like, held off on watching it because I really, like, didn't think I had the time for it. Um, but it's just so fun. Like, it's it's a cool concept. I love End of the World, obviously. But it also manages to do something really new with it. Um, mm-hmm. The And there's something about, like, the cinematic energy of the movie that is so great. That, like, it is constantly moving as a movie where there's there's like this kind of filmic enthusiasm that I really liked. Um, I watched a, here's where it gets strange, a movie from 1956, I think, called mm-hmm. Little Fugitive. And Brandon had gotten this randomly from ne- from Netflix. He didn't remember putting it on his queue, but it was something that like he'd read about a long time ago. And it is 1956. It is about like a little boy who essentially runs away from home and spends a day in Coney Island. And um, it, I really loved it. Uh, If you've seen the 400 blows, this was apparently the movie that like led to that movie for Truffaut. Mm -hmm. Truffaut, I think Truffaut. Um, Like he cites this as being like really influential in his stuff. And like, that's what this movie is. Like, it's just, it's following this little boy in 1956 Coney Island. Um, I had never well, that's heard of it. Cool. It's really cool. And and the thing is too, like it's really charming and funny. Um, and it's like, my mom grew up in Brooklyn in the fifties. So for me, it was really fun to watch it. Cause I'm like, I know this is what, like what she did for fun. And this, like she talks about Coney Island. This is what it looked like back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, it was really like, I really connected to it for that reason. But um, I think anybody anybody that likes, like, Truffaut films definitely owes it to go to this film. Because, it like, Truffaut has said himself, like, that this is the movie that inspired him. Uh, and it's really fun and, and charming. So, I recommend. Um, it was finally... Oh, and now I know. I remember what I did on my New Year's Day. My first movie of the new year is one of my husband's favorite movies. And it's a movie that I avoided watching because I knew it's really long. And I just wanted to make sure we had the time to sit down and watch Nixon. <laughs> happy new year happy new year here's watergate uh this is the, i actually really enjoyed it i enjoyed it i will say i also enjoyed it because i'm sitting next to a man who knows a lot about nixon and could pause it anytime i looked confused and kind of fill me in on who was oh, well, that's nice so yeah if you watch it with a footnote um, in the form of my husband. Uh, no, it was it was a good time. Everybody's great in it. Anthony Hopkins is great. Joan Allen's great. James Woods is in it. I mean, everybody is on. Um, and it was, yeah. It, and again, I know my modern history knowledge is very woeful. Uh, so as a history lesson, it was pretty interesting. Um, so it is a, it's an eventual recommend when you have three hours. Uh, let's see what else. Just You and me both have trouble with super long stuff. Short attention span. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, also on TCM, I watched Grand Hotel from 1940, 50-something with Greta Garbo and mm-hmm. many other people. Really, oh, and Joan Crawford, a very young Joan Crawford. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's very ensemble. Um I you know it was just on the list of movies I'd never seen. It was airing on TCM, and I I genuinely did enjoy watching it. So it's a good one. A uh, movie I did not enjoy is called The Deadly Bees. It's on Netflix Instant from 1966. Mm-hmm. It's a movie about killer bees, but it is you think killer bees and you're like, oh that sounds cool. No, 
No. Not if it's done really poorly and boringly. Oh, that's... Like, it's a mystery, except there's only three characters in the whole movie, so you know who the killer is very quickly, because it's obviously not the guy that's really obvious, and it's not the woman who you're following the whole time. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a bummer. Um, we watched a movie that Brandon really likes that I was like all for watching because it's directed by Penny Marshall was Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito and young I, Mark Wahlberg. I think I love that movie. And a young that Stacey Dash. <gasps> a crazy good cast. I love that movie. I've seen that movie an obscene amount of really? times. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted it to, used to be on cable a lot, and uh, I used to yeah, really it like it. And I can sing you the little Shakespeare <gasps> rap, do it, but I'm do not going to do it. Come on. I just want you to know that I could. Oh, I'm proud of you for being able to do that. Isn't um, that <laughs> I've seen that movie so, so many random. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I would like it much more because I really like Penny Marshall. And there's fun things about like Danny DeVito's fun. Um, there's there's a lot of fun to be had with it. Uh, it. It just felt like script wise, it just felt like it was, they had an idea for a movie mm-hmm. and they, they were like, oh, we've got Danny DeVito. We've got this really great young cast and we have Gregory Hines and all these people. And then they were like, okay, so we have the idea of the movie. Now, what do we do? Like it throws in like a curveball in like the last 10 minutes that doesn't, that like raises the stakes, but it's so unnecessary. Um, where like like all of the like character resolutions feel so easy, but it's very mm-hmm. like it just feels very scripted, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the energy of the movie is great. The cast is great. Um, it just it felt like the script was so holding a lot of it back for me. Um, and then okay, I'm up to two more. I'm almost done. Um, following your lead, I too watched The Maze Runner. Ah, and you liked it, right? Of course I did. Yeah, Yeah. I I liked the book more so than I think a lot of other people who were like, oh, Mm -hmm. the movie was so much better than the book. The movie is better than the book, I would say. Although I'm reading the second book now, and shit gets fucked up in that second book. Hmm, you piqued my interest. To give you, like, a scene in book two of The Maze Runner, there's a scene where, like, it's really dark and they can't see anything, but they hear kids screaming, so they're like, what's going on? And then they find out that there is, like, this silver goo dripping from the ceiling that wraps itself around the head of the kid and then rips the kid's head off. So, yeah. So I can't wait to see how they put that into a PG-13 movie. (laughs) Um, But, no, The Maze Runner as a film was so well done. Uh, It was a great lesson in adaptation where you just give them what they need for a film. There's so much that it, it it doesn't cut out anything important. It just cuts out all shit you don't need and just gives, gives you a really quick moving. The world looked great. I thought visually it was Mm -hmm. really good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's really, it's a recommend. It was a really strong, I thought, um, sci-fi kid movie in a way. Awesome. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. And I thought maybe and then there was um, I don't know if you were involved in it, but there was a thread in the gentleman's guide. um, Facebook. And it was somebody put it up and said, like, this was pretty good. And it was just a string of people going like, yeah, it was really good. Oh, I liked (laughs) it. Yeah, it's all it was. And I was like, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's a tight little um, and I say tight like it's not short. It's about a little under two hours, but it just it moves and it just does things right. Um, then the last thing I watched, Christine, I, you'll be proud of me. I left the house. Oh, what did you see? Um, Brandon and I went to the 1130 matinee showing of Selma. I'm 
I'm glad that you've done something for the both of us. Did you enjoy it? I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, it is so good. And I say this as someone who figured, like, had read enough good reviews to be like, okay, I'm sure it's good. But is it one of those, like, Oscar bait? Like, oh, it's a good biopic, blah, blah, blah. But no, it is just so good. Um, it is so it's a it's a brilliant case of how to make a movie about a historical event that is without being obvious about it is so relevant to today. Mm-hmm. Like in whatever you know, whatever your opinions are on things like Ferguson and so on. Like this movie, just really you can't leave that movie not thinking about what is this like today. Yeah. Um, like it, and it doesn't, it's not a like sugar coated, like Martin Luther King Jr. is flawed in the movie and he's not presented as this untouchable hero. He's a man. Um, all the shit about people complaining about LBJ. The movie doesn't make him a villain. The movie makes him a politician, which guess what? That's what politicians are. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's such a shame that like a blah, blah, Oscars, blah, blah, but this really, to say like oh it's a shame that Ava DuVernay didn't get nominated because she would have been the first African-American woman she also directed amazingly like this is a brilliantly directed film it's a brilliantly acted film it's a beautifully shot film um it's just really really good and I would urge anybody to see it I would urge if you have teenagers they should see it like it really is that kind of movie that I think everybody should see basically because it's really, not just because it's really good, but it's really important and it's still really good and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, the whole like, uh, yeah, like there are no, it doesn't demonize white people. It doesn't glorify black people just to glorify black people. There are human beings on both sides and it well, presents good, I mean. All. Yeah, it's not, yeah. like, you don't walk away being like, fuck, I'm white, I feel bad. Like, the movie gives attention to some of the white people that totally went down to Selma to help because they felt they needed to. Um, but it's, you know, it's just, it's that whole, like, and I hate to repeat the arguments people have been saying, but this movie doesn't have a white savior because it doesn't need one. It doesn't really have a black savior. It's about community and everything else. And it's just so good. And everybody should go see it. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I ha- I don't really know anybody, like, for realsies, know anybody that's seen it. It's all just been conjecture. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's 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 hard for me because I'm like, re- like, have read, like, a lot of really good different takes on the whole Oscar snubbing. Mm-hmm. And... I almost want to share them, but then I'm like, you know what, though? I haven't seen anything else nominated for Oscars. So, yeah. Like, most of the, most, a lot of the points I've read have been like, take, uh, comparing like the Imitation Game and Foxcatcher as being pretty rotely directed films. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's true, but I can't really say that for sure because I haven't seen them. But I will say, like, Selma is directed beautifully. Like, it's, you know, it's not just the story propelling everything, it is choices made at every step of the way and i i hope i look forward to seeing what else this director does and everything else and all that Mm -hmm. highly recommended okay now that oh and the last thing i just wanted to say was if you and i because i doubt you have because i know you don't usually watch cable or new stuff but people out there agent carter is fucking awesome oh really i didn't like it i stopped (gasps) watching it really yeah you're you're tearing me apart you I'm sorry. What the, why didn't you like it? I thought it was. But boring. everybody liked it. 
No, I thought it was really boring, and I, I watched the first two episodes. Oh, you just... There's a part of me that's just really sad now. I just... Oh, okay. Fine. I don't... I don't know. I didn't like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. either. I feel like this is so much better than S.H.I.E.L.D. This learned from S.H.I.E.L.D. This was like, okay, we don't have to slog story. We're just going to keep moving. Yeah. And she's so good. And they're letting her be a woman. And she has friends who are women. And it's not like a crazy thing. I, I, oh, okay. okay. I might try again or something. On that note, let's see how much we agree on the movies we're going to talk about today. Woo! Yeah, so we'll take a break. And you want to go chronologically and talk about birth first? Yeah, that's that works. Okay. We'll be right back, folks. And it came to pass, all that seemed wrong was now right. The kingdoms were filled with joy, and all those who deserved to were certain to live a long and happy life. Ever after, ever after, journey over, all is mended, and it's not just for today, but tomorrow, and extended, ever after, ever after, all the curses have been ended, the reverse is wiped away, all is tenderness and laughter, for forever, after, There were dangers and confusion, and the paths would often swerve. There were constant disillusion, but they never lost their nerve. And they reached the right conclusion, and they got what they deserved. Now so in love, so good, tenderness and laughter. Joy today and bliss tomorrow and forever after. I was greedy. We've returned from me crying over the fact that Christine didn't like Agent Carter. To now talk about 2004, Jonathan Glazer's birth. Yeah. Not his actual birth, because that probably happened in, like, 1980 or something, 70. I don't know. I don't know how old he is, but uh, birth. Now, this is his second film following Sexy Beast, which I have not seen. I have. Okay. What do you think of Sexy Beast? I liked it okay. It's the one of the, uh, the person I live with, one of his favorite movies. Okay. So, he really likes it a lot. I didn't like it as much as he did. Interesting. But it's pretty good. Now, let me ask before we even get into it. To me, Birth and Under the Skin are very, even though they're very different films, there's also like, I could tell these are made by the same person. The style mm-hmm. to me is very similar. Is Sexy Beast, uh, would you put those, put that along those lines or no? Um, I wouldn't have necessarily said that these were very similar. So maybe you shouldn't ever trust what I say. Or maybe I am the one who cannot be trusted. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> one of us always tells the truth, and the other one always lies. <laughs> I, I tell the truth. Always he lies. always lies. I do not. Yeah, I tell yeah. the truth. Oh, what a lie! What a lie! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, do you want to give a quick synopsis? Um. Okay. Sure. So, and I feel like I'm just oh, going to say. Oh wait. Okay. Are, go. What Let's were you going to say? Not spoil it until okay. we get to a point where we have to, and then we'll tell people we're spoiling it. That's what I... Because I there gonna, is something... I, I think that you need to talk about a revelation to really talk about the film. But let's first give a little bit of our thoughts on it pre-spoiler, and then uh, we'll spoil We'll spoil it. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then it's about a... I would say it's about a woman mm-hmm. who um, is confronted by a young boy who claims to be her her dead husband. Yep. Basically. Um, 
Yep. And then then other stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Um, It's set in New York City on the like Upper West Side of very old money fanciness. Awesomeness. Well, well, I don't care. Her her clothing. Her clothing in this movie is pretty awesome. Just give me anything. I don't give a shit. I want. Yeah. Yeah. If I had that view, I'd be pretty damn happy. Um, Now, you had not seen this before? Oh, I I hadn't. I hadn't heard of it until really until I watched Under the Skin, and then Zach was like, "Oh, this is this is Jonathan Glazer," and I was like, "I don't. Mm-hmm. Why do I know that?" And he's like, "Oh, because Sexy Beast," and he said, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and he was like, "In that you know that Nicole Kidman movie where she fucks a kid," <laughs> and I was like, "Rabbit Hole," <laughs> and he was like, "Wait, did she have two movies where she fucked a kid?" <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's kind of thing. So no, it's not. We were both very wrong in everything that we said. But um, so I didn't know that this existed, and then okay. I googled it. And I was like, this actually sounds really interesting. Yeah. Well, I remember when it came out. This was pretty. When it came out, it was pretty talked about a lot because it was the whole. I guess it it premiered at like con, and it was oh my god. There's a scene where Nicole Kidman takes a bath with a boy. You, I mean, this is a responsibly made film. You never yeah. feel as though this child actor was sexually put in a position with Nicole Kidman that was inappropriate. Yeah, like, no. They, they're in a bath. They're probably wearing clothing underneath it. Like, um, I mean, this is what this movie is about. Is is about an inappropriate relationship between an adult woman yeah. and a young boy. So. I mean, if, if you, you have know to that, have those things, if you know that that's what it's about and yeah. that really bothers you, how about you not Just watch this watch movie? It. Yeah. It um, never like, it never is explicit or no, like not at all. icky. I never, and even icky. when it is discussed, it's discussed very matter of factly. Yeah. Like there is, she has a conversation with him where she's like, you're 10, you, you've never been with a woman. You don't, you can't meet my needs. And he's kind of like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, I had seen this movie probably 10 years ago. I remember I thought when I read about it, I'm like, that sounds, I just thought the concept was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I watched it on video at some point in like 2005, 2006. Uh, and it was one of those movies that I watched and really didn't know if I quote unquote liked it or not. But I was like fascinated by it. I, it was one of those like after I watched it, I think I read a lot about it. Um, and when we way back when first started making like our dream list of movies to cover, this was to me one of the movies I had on my list forever because I always wanted to go back to it because I have not gone back to it since then. And it's the kind of movie, and I think Under the Skin is again very similar in that way. It's not a movie you watch and move on from. I think it's a movie that is meant to kind of fester in you and do these kind of tosses and turns with not whether or not you liked it but what does this mean what is this exploring all of those things and it's one of my favorite types of movies which is that horror movie that is not a horror movie at all but you just find for some reason to be really disturbing and horrifying Mm -hmm. like the idea of this movie and the idea being Nicole Kidman is now a widow for 10 years, finally decides she's going to get married again. And on the day that she decides she's going to marry her fiance, this 10-year-old boy comes in and says, I'm your husband. Here's all of this proof. I can tell you this. I can tell you that. I, uh, there's things about this situation that I can't just dismiss. 
because I think there's so much that's really upsetting about that. Not just that the idea of like, what if you, your husband was a 10 year old boy, but more the like cruelty in that of just when you've decided to move on with your life, you're, you're pull you're basically like morally told you can't and you shouldn't. Um, and that the like, tragedy of if this is real it can it can't be we can't be together as husband and wife if you love me and i love who you were it it's you are 10 years old i can't make it work mm-hmm. and i think there's so much to those ideas that i just think are really fascinating and upsetting yeah that's kind of how i feel about under the skin okay <laughs> I, I feel like everything you just said could be applied to my feelings mm-hmm. on that movie. Yeah. Um, I I will say that I liked I liked this movie. I can say I mm-hmm. liked Birth. I liked it a lot. I can't say that about Under the Skin. Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, this I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was upsetting and disturbing, but not like in that make me want to throw up kind of way. Mm-hmm. Just that's like kind, kind of like sat in in a weird place, and it's I was so unsettling. It is, and the it, I was score is unsettling. The visuals are unsettling. I'm glad you brought that up because I made a note to re- remember to say something, and I knew I would forget. Um, it is really unsettling, and and not ever in like a, an overt way. Um, it's never. It never feels like it's trying to be unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to blow your mind. It never feels like that. Um, I was mesmerized by it. Because yeah. um, we were supposed to record last week. Yep. And I was only going to get, like, one sh- one shot to watch this. And I was going to have to split it into two. Like, mm-hmm. I'm only going to have this much time. And so I started it later at night, and I could not shut it off. Oh, wow. So I was, was going to watch half it's of it because of the flip side of, of this, I could picture so many people just being bored by it. I could, too. And I wasn't. I was enthralled yeah. i couldn't look away there was no talking in my house like we were we were in it um and it the performances were all really good yeah and and i i mean i personally this is not the first nicole kidman movie we've covered nope we've done um, at least two more we did I, nicole kidman week i really like her me too when she is cast appropriately yes. to her Abilities. Well, and um, not to me, amazing. it's not her abilities to her physicality, because she is such a physically specific type that when you try to cast five eleven, sharp featured Nicole Kidman as an every woman, mm-hmm. it can't work. No matter how good she is, and no matter no. how much she tries to make it work, you're completely right. Yeah, but when so long as so to me, it's not. I don't think I've ever said Nicole Kidman was bad in that movie, but I've said Nicole Kidman was miscast in that movie. Yeah, and she's to me, she is so. I mean, you. It's not that like, oh, you could you couldn't have made this one else. You could have if, if you had made this with anyone else, it would have been a very different movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is so reliant on her and something she can do so well is. Like, a lot of people, like, describe her as being, like, a very cold actress and, like, oh, there's, like, no emotion from Will Kidman. Yeah. It's not that. It's that she can do this kind of restraint um, and that not cold, but that holding in so well, I think. Yeah, she's she's withholding. That was the yeah. word I was thinking of. Um, 
but she's but she also and in this movie it's a perfect example of it she's also very vulnerable yeah oh very yeah which is something that is sometimes hard to buy because again she's usually taller than everyone else on screen for one Mm -hmm. thing um but it does work here and a lot of it is i mean a lot of it's her and just being really good but it's also that she's in like the environment he puts her in and so she's in this very um this this very fancy apartment that really has no life whatsoever there's no personality to this apartment she's living in um her relationship with her fiance danny houston feels so much of convenience and there there's just you you feel like and you, granted we don't see her before her her husband the very first scene her husband's jogging through central park and he dies and it's kind of horrifying mm-hmm. um so we do, but we don't see her before then we don't know anything about her before then um but you yeah you i like feel like too. something in her probably died that day too Mm. It's like very snapshotty of yeah. like this is when this happens. Yep. And there's allusions to other stuff and you can kind of piece together a little bit of a, a past puzzle, but it's I mean it becomes less important than what's happening right in front of you. So right. I, I caught myself a few times being like, Well, wait a second. Well what happened well her sister then and what I don't get and then I was like, No, pay attention to what's going on because that's more important. Right, right. It, yeah, it does. It feels very much like, because when um, the husband, what is his name technically? Sean. When Sean. Yeah, Sean. I forgot. Yeah, for when Sean arrives and he's like, <laughs> oh, I thought your sister couldn't have a baby. And it's just like, it's enough. Um, that's something I really liked too about the screenplay of the movie was it's enough where it gives you the way people would kind of, even though it, there's something very otherworldly about it. Mm-hmm. It also, it it's never cramming exposition down your throat where I, I figured out who everybody was without the movie really forcing that those conversations to tell Exactly, to tell me, yeah. You know? uh, and it, so, and yeah, and so you do, you get that like, there's sort of snippets of things that happened 10 years ago versus now. Mm-hmm. And in a way they don't matter for a lot of reasons. But yeah, but there is that. And I mean, a lot of people talk about, with I think good reason, the scene where Nicole Kidman goes to a classical music concert and it's just her sitting there listening to music. And it's like about a two, three minute take of just her face. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that so says good. like, Oh, Nicole Kidman is a cold actress with Botox, blah, blah, blah. Watch a scene where, where for two minutes, the camera is just on her face and you, and you see her have this transition. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is an incredible scene that kind of like it's one of those moments i think in film where like i find myself like tearing up and i don't quite know why because it's just something that film can do that nothing else can really do like that Mm -hmm. um and i i don't want to keep talking about the movie we're not talking about Mm -hmm. but that's exactly why this movie worked for me and under the skin didn't interesting (laughs) um I can understand that, that. I have a different opinion on on the other movie. I think when we uh, to that point, yeah. Of and again, I think that's why I'm saying Nicole Kidman in this movie and Scarlett Johansson in Under the Skin are both at face value giving what could be perceived as very blank performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I would argue that Nicole Kidman is absolutely not a blank in this movie. No, and I would argue that Scarlett Johansson 
is a blank when she's supposed to be a blank in Under the Skin, but isn't when she's not. But I, I, I can agree. I can, I can. I'm not going to argue that because you're, you're totally right. But I think my problem is, and I tried to rewatch Under the Skin. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem is that I can't. I couldn't. Literally, I physically could not follow a blank. I just couldn't do it. It was just so. I couldn't pay attention to the television. Okay. I. I, I at one point I got up and didn't know where I was going. Like I just stood up. <laughs> like what is wrong with me? I'm not a terrible film watcher. I could not do it. And I can tell you everything that happened in that movie, but I felt no connection but to you it at all. Not. Whereas with this movie, so what do you think are some of the reasons why this one did suck you in? I think it's I think a big reason is Nicole Kidman. Mm. I think because although quiet, slow, meditative it was still paced in a way that I could happily follow along with. Okay. Um, I had, I, I can't say that about Under the Skin. Okay, interesting. Um, it, I, I, spoiler alert, um, adored this movie. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, it was great. Everything about it was amazing. It spoke to me in ways that I, I didn't anticipate, mm-hmm. especially having responded the way I did to Under the Skin and Sexy Beast. Sexy Beast, which is, this doesn't usually turn me off from a film, but it is a very masculine film. It and is. That's, see, that's why it was interesting because I, I haven't seen Sexy Beast, but that was my understanding of it. And it's I, great. I mean, it, neither of these of the films we're covering today are in any way what I would call masculine. And in and, and I, it's it's good. It's but I like it in that detached way that I yeah that was a good movie. Okay, sure he's a good director, and I will never watch it or talk about it or reference it again. Okay. Like, but whereas, um, the guy I'm I'm living with fucking quotes that thing, and I'm like, I don't get that. It's from Sexy Beast. I'm like, I'm <laughs> never gonna retain that ever, right. ever, ever. It just did not connect with yeah. me at all. It, it's you mentioned the score. The score is great. Oh, I felt like great. it. It's it's very immersive. Yeah, it it is, and I mean, score is something again. Under the skin, it's very prominent. But yeah, the score of this movie, the score coupled with the way New York is shot and presented in this mm-hmm. movie is just so... We've seen New York before in film, but this New York where it's winter, um, and it's not like, oh, pretty snowy winter. Like, no, it's just, this movie has got to be set in like February. I can't remember what it's, they say It's it. super gray and shit. It's gray, it's downcast. Yeah. Um, but it's so it's these places like Central Park that you know, but it's in a kind of different filter, and that coupled with the score, I think, just really atmospherically, um, <laughs> I think he nails what he's going for with it. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. It's funny because re- like there's a part of me that feels like I should really like Jonathan Glazer is one of those directors that I could really hate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That, that like there's a lot of and I'm sure again I think we both really like this movie. I'll spoiler alert under the skin. I really liked under the skin, but I feel like I could listen to anybody complain about it and I couldn't defend it because it's one of those like yeah I know if you want to say it's pretentious and blah 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 I'm not I found I it worked for me but I can understand it not and there's a part of me that really because I don't always like like David Lynch films I'm often really left cold by yeah like, that kind of filmmaking that sometimes to me like. I don't get it. It feels like you're trying to be really smart and everything. 
so there's a part of me that feels like I shouldn't like his films, but mm-hmm. I loved both of these movies. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, like they're like on paper, he is not my kind of director, but um, both of these movies just really um, like cast a spell on me. I guess would be yeah. a term. Yeah, I could. I felt. I definitely felt that way about birth. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was really really good, um, <laughs> and I really want to spoil it because I want to talk about the very very okay. last scene. Well, I f- again, I feel like in order to I didn't discuss expect something it. I find fascinating about it, we have to. So yeah. let's just say now we're both recommending it. Oh, absolutely. Um, you'll hear our scores later, but we are gonna go into the um reveal of the movie that does that you should not know before you watch the movie you should watch the movie not knowing anything um and then after you know it you could watch it again and then listen to us talk about it so spoiler alert blue 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 siren siren danger will robinson go yeah it's just like okay i just said we were talking about the you know backstory the implied backstories of this film which i think are are artfully revealed and discussed and um but i never found myself really like well why is this person doing this mm-hmm. like I, I never was like screaming for information it was revealed in a way that was natural and and i felt really good with in that same line of thinking i never was like how, how is this movie going to end like and you know you got matter. me you know, you got me when I stop trying to fucking figure out what you're yeah. doing. Um, so when, when it is revealed that um, that young Sean. Sean is is lying and not her husband, um, I, I was like, what? And even even Zach was like, wait, are they being serious? I don't I don't know. Like like movie movie got paused and it was like, yeah. hold on. Is this really happening? <laughs> well, here's the thing. There is something that happens in the movie that sh- that little Sean could not have known. Mm-hmm. When little Sean says to Nicole Kidman, meet me in the park, you know where. Mm-hmm. And they meet where Sean died. That is he true. He has no way of knowing that. That's true. Which you don't to think, me, you don't think he could have gleaned that in some way from somebody at some point? Because uh, at that point, he's like been. It's in the only house. been one day, though. It's only been Is that it? one time where he met God, her. That's the very like so next thing longer. that happens. Which to me, like, I really like because it, it, the idea that it does. Like, it, it's such a mind fuck if that is deliberate in that there's no way he could have known that. Hmm. Because then it is, the I mean, the movie is then mind fucking you because it's basically saying, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he's not really. Except, you know, we're not saying he's not because, uh. And but- then it, to me, makes things even more complicated because then it's, I don't know, because then it kind of lets you, it gives you more freedom in how you're interpreting everything. Yeah, I, I don't know if I... I don't know if I, first of all, care if they're right. telling me the answer. I What I care about is the really upsetting effect it has on everyone. Oh, um, yeah. So, Nicole Kidman, whether or not this little boy is her husband or not, Nicole Kidman's character has now had to 
deal no, 10 years ago her husband Sean died she's had to deal with that mourn that try to be a person again get involved with this new guy finally accept his marriage proposal start planning a wedding and then oh guess what you have to go through all of that all again because this boy says he was your husband mm. and whether or not he was doesn't change the effect it has had on her and that made me so upset and because- the way um uh Dan, 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 Danny Houston handles it too because like you can understand how he reacts except he's also a oh, dick about it he's such a petulant child yeah and so then it's it's that like okay so now this man that you were going to marry like has shown so many terrible colors exactly like why are at that point there's so many reasons that are non Sean based to right, not, not marry to this away. guy yeah yeah so she does marry him and now it this is I cr- I sat and I cried at the end of this movie when she just kind of is On the walking beach and into just the like, water oh, fuck her me. wedding dress. It was yeah. the saddest thing I've ever seen. It's so upsetting. God, that made me so upset. Well, that, that visual is yeah. extremely powerful oh, and upsetting. <laughs> um, Nicole Kidman in like a wedding dress on the beach is just oh gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but the other thing too that on Sean because it opens up all these questions about Sean. In that, if he totally did make everything up, like, why, you know, what kind of, what about this child made him do that? But yeah. then the other thing, too, is that he chooses not to tell Anna why he knows. Mm-hmm. Right? And the reason is, I mean, we, we've, I, I mean, at this point, we're spoiled anyway. Anne Heche is, um, was Nicole Kidman's sister-in-law. And basically, we find out Anne Heche was having an affair with Nicole Kidman's husband. Mm-hmm. He loved Anne Heche so much that he gave her the love letters that Nicole Kidman had written to him. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I didn't like, it starts off with an Anne Heche, like, what? Yeah. Kind of thing. And you don't even, you. I never really even went back to about that it in my head. Emotionally, you're into so many other places. Yeah. Mm hmm. So when she comes back, you're like, oh, right, right, she's, something's up with her. But the, right, so she, she was having an affair. The husband, I think they kind of allude that the husband was going to leave Nicole Kidman. Um, the cruelty in that, that not just that he was cheating on his wife, but that he had to prove to his mistress that he loved her. And to do that, he gave her the love letters his wife wrote him unopened. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something really, really terrible about Sean in that. And yeah. there's some, like, hints there, like, here and there, like, Lauren Bacall, um, who plays uh, and, uh, Nicole Kimmon's mother, which is great casting, um, yeah, was like, really yeah, I never casting. liked Sean. Like, there's some hints that you're like, that we never really know what kind of a man Sean was. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, because you don't, like, you get Nicole Kidman's version of it. And she's clearly still in love with him. Right, right. So, like, you don't because know when, if he was I mean, good or... When your husband dies in his presumably, what, 30s... Yeah, that that's a good point. He was like super attack, young. It's, you never, you, you were never given that grieving time or that, you know, enough time to, mm-hmm. to be comfortable saying, well, you know, it might have ended anyway. Like, no, nope, yeah. it was cut off in the middle of everything. Yep. Um, and so when... Um, uh, and Heche confronts Sean and says basically like, nope, you, I know that you read these letters, blah, blah. And it's, we, we don't really get it. Like we don't get a lot of him reacting to her. Like there's, 
it's just such a, you know, it's just strange dynamic. And then what does he do? He just, he chooses, I mean, he hurts Nicole Kidman, but he hurts her in a way to save her. Because he could have said, look, I actually, I faked it all along and here's how I knew everything. Mm-hmm, Except mm-hmm. by doing that, A, he'd make her look like an idiot and B, he would be reve- he would be revealing to her that, oh, also your husband was having an affair. Yeah. And he chooses not to do that. And there's and the reason he even finally realizes or decides that he's not Sean is that he says, because I love Anna, Sean didn't, the real Sean didn't love Anna. Mm-hmm. Right? The real Sean loved Anne Heche more than he did Nicole Kidman. But me, 10-year-old Sean, I know that I'm in love with this woman. So therefore, it's it's like this, like, what is that, like, mathematical thing where, like, if this is true, then that is not true? Yeah. It's like that conundrum of, I can't be the real Sean because I love you, but because I love you, I can't tell you why I'm not the real Sean. I'm 10 years old again. Goodbye. Yeah. It's, and, and it's really, I mean, I guess it's not open-ended at all, but it really kind of is. I still think, because it never explains why this kid would do that. I can't yeah. remember if they ever explain why he's in that hotel lobby to begin with. I don't I meant think to go back do. to the beginning and see if it's ever explained. His dad, wait, is his dad um, tutoring? Oh, maybe, maybe. Because, I mean, that's why he ends up there again. Right. But still. But it, it still, like, doesn't justify why this kid would do this. And again, I come back to like, and we don't know how he knew where he died. That's why it couldn't be in the letters. Yeah. You know? And I mean, it's 2004. The internet was around, but like, I don't know if 10-year-olds were using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also like a real timelessness to the movie that I dig. Like, I think there are cell phones, but the rest of it feels like it almost could be from the 70s or the 80s. Yeah. Like... There's there's just nothing time stamping the movie, and I really like that. Yeah, like they go to a classical music concert, and they have a cello group come in to play for their anniversary. Like mm-hmm. it's very, um, and part of it is also just that they're very rich. But yeah, you know, I I dig that about it. I think it really helps the whole atmosphere overall. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's and I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it. It got attention when it came out for kind of silly reasons, but I think it I remember it was like one of those like people thought it might get an Oscar nomination but didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think as a result it kind of fell off the wayside and not enough people talk about it or have seen it. And it's that kind of movie that I just I love for people to see it because it's one that I love talking about. Yeah. Cuz there's so much to kind of unravel and debate and at the same time, to just experience in a way that you don't get to do with a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I dig it. I read one. I can't remember where I saw this. It may have been, like, from the Wikipedia when they talk about, like, the like what prompted the movie. And somebody described it as, like, a movie kind of set in limbo. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a really neat way of thinking about it. Because it just kind of, like, <laughs> like explains some of the atmosphere. Yeah, it's kind of like... I think that's a good alternate way of saying, like, how I kind of described it as a snapshot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels stuck, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. It's And it's so sad. It's, it's very so hopeless. Sad. And it's very bleak. Yeah. But 
it's it's really interesting and good and i think there's a lot of interesting choices and good performances mm-hmm. yeah and some and really great character stuff in it so um, one thing I didn't like was there's a sound cue that they use a lot that sounds like a phone vibrating. Yes, it does. Right? What's up with that? At one I point, kept grabbing my phone being like, oh, no. Someone who wasn't me told me to shut my phone off. And I said, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, I'm glad it wasn't me because it was really <laughs> no. bugging me. And I guess I it was just totally a choice, see. but I off. could totally see why. That was the thought sound, but I was like, this is clearly coming from the television. Would you stop accusing me of something? (laughs) But do you think in 2004 that was a super phone vibrating noise? No, that's a good question because I I didn't – did I have a phone? I did have a phone. I had a little flip – tiny little flip phone. I had a little tiny flip phone too. And I I don't know. I don't think mine – I feel like mine didn't vibrate. (laughs) Yeah. Did they all not – did they all vibrate? I think they all had the ability to. Okay, maybe I just never figured out how to make one vibrate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I But I feel like that could easily be, but now it's definitely the, the noise of yeah. the sound. Yeah, so it was, it was distracting, but I don't know if it was an intentional choice or not. So. Yeah. But yeah, that was... That you was were not the only one. Okay, good. That makes me feel much better, because I thought I was crazy. And I might still be, but not you, for that I, I, But not about this. Not, not for that reason. Um, okay, so do you have any more to say, or... Uh... I really liked it. You should watch it. Yeah. It's about creepy subject matter, but they never present it creepy. No, no. So if you're not watching it because you're afraid it's going to be like like pedophilia and molestation of not children, it's not. It's really interesting and cool. Yep. And really um, emotionally probing. Yeah, really. And a good, and I think you already said this, but like a good discussion movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So let's rate it, shall we? Um, I forgot that we did that. We you said no, that, we and said, I got we just said we both recommend it. Uh, okay. <laughs> rate quality of film. Quality um, of film. You go first. All right, I'm gonna go. To me, I'm gonna go eight point five. I think this is an outstandingly made film. Yeah, let's go eight point five. Okay, and quality of life by the film. Um, I'm also gonna go. I'll go eight point seven five because I feel like this is again just one that is. I just keep, I want to keep coming back to it. Um, I I meant to have kept coming back to it earlier. And once I did, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this again in like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say nine. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I really, 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 really liked it. Yeah. All right. So that was our thoughts on birth. Uh, we're going to come back with uh, Christine's favorite movie of 2014. Oh, Stop at you. <laughs> we will be back to talk about Under Scarlett Johansson's Skin.
We have returned with Jonathan Glazer's belated follow-up. It took him nine years to make his next movie after birth. Uh, I don't know what he was doing in that time. Like, if I didn't work for nine years, I wouldn't really have money. But I guess maybe he was subsidizing with, like, commercials or something. I don't know. But eventually, he came back with Under the Skin, based on a novel, which you did read. Did you not? I did not. I bought it, but I okay. haven't read it. Well, Christine... You bought it. That kind of means or, you bought it. I bought like, it. I saw the movie. It which got kind downloaded illegally. Right? But I got downloaded illegally and I felt guilty, so I bought it. <laughs> you are a treasure. You know that? A true <laughs> I felt treasure. bad. This guy could probably use my money. Well, and that's so. You as a now published author, you should be feeling bad about stealing books. Dude, it goes way back to the magazine days. I will yeah. f- piracy, whatever. I, I will always feel guilty for um, not paying for media because... Just, you know, I know what it feels, yeah, the effects of it. Yeah, it's, I mean, especially for small, for the small guys, it's yeah. not a lucrative, it's not lucrative right. to be every, an independent publisher. Or, yeah, yeah um, so. I will always feel guilty that I didn't pay for um, a perfect getaway, that I, I snuck into it after District 9, um, you will, but I think I've I think amended you have for to it. personally give Mila Jovovich some money. I, I will, and I, I, maybe I won't watch The Fourth Kind. Um, but I do feel, again, I've bought the movie for myself. I've bought the movie for like three other people and I've recommended it to many more. Um, but there is a part of me that always feels guilty that I didn't help the very minute box office for a movie that should have done so much better. But anyway, that was your, that was your, um, monthly, uh, public service announcement to, uh, watch not, not about paying for stuff, but to watch Perfect Getaway because it's so good. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Under the Skin. Based on a novel that neither of us has read. That I believe, you know what, though? I don't think Jonathan Glazer read it either. I think, like, he started reading it and was then like, nah, I want to do something else. My understanding it's, is that I read this is very, very vaguely based on Yeah, it. I read something, I, I think the first time I watched it, that said it was, like, super, super loosely based. Yeah. Because at one point, this movie was supposed to be about, like, alien farmers starring Brad Pitt. Really? Yeah. No, I don't know. So, I don't know. I have no idea what the book is. I'll read it eventually. I'm intrigued. Um, but instead, we get this movie. Would you like to synopsize it? Um, I don't know if it's... No, it's not because you just said it. Um, okay, well, Scarlett Johansson is weird, and there's a f- black floor, and lots of erections, and... Um, I, I, she's an alien. Come on, every you just made this sound like the greatest movie of all time. Can you? Can I tell you that I've read so many synopsises of this that make me go like, "What movie is this? Where can I get it?" Well, the it's. I mean, there there is not much plot. Scarlett Johansson is traveling around Scotland. Yes, picking up dudes with a serviceable naked. accent. She's well. She's got a British accent. They they're all Scots. Um, it's serviceable. Well, it's yeah, yeah. It's not distracting. No, it's it's not. Um, it's 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 like better than like Gwyneth Paltrow being British, where she's like, I'm just prim and British. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, she's picking up dudes, bringing them to her lair of black goo. They get turned into goo. Mm-hmm. She keeps going. She's got a helper on a motorcycle who like occasionally kind of chimes in to help transport her places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Um, eventually she seems to start getting a little more curious and sympathetic to what's going on. Yes. Uh, at which point her 
motorcycle protector doesn't seem very happy with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tries to be human, if you will. I would say. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, now, this movie was get, had gotten much attention before it even premiered, in part because of the way it was filmed, which in some parts was completely improvised, my understanding is that, like, it was Scarlett Johansson in a wig, and, like, they she would pull over and stop for directions, and guys would get in the car, and so I think some, like, I don't know how much of that is in the film, how much of that was that's how they got some of the actors, and then they were like, okay, so we're going to redo the scene, and now you know it's Scarlett Johansson, but pretend you don't, kind of mm-hmm. um, like, I find it hard to believe that all of the scenes of those actors were purely improvised, I don't think that's the case, but I think a few of them were or started that way. Yeah. I mean, you have very few professional actors in the movie. Mm-hmm. I, that, 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 so- that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this is a very... And I knew going into it that some people loved this movie and some people yes. hated this movie. I didn't know people hated it. I thought it was like it was either for you or you were like, meh. Well, I think if this movie wasn't for you, then... Um, and I'm trying to think of a good equivalent. It's a kind of movie that because it is so, not just style, but, um, oh gosh, what am I thinking of? Like, it's a specific ambling style of sorts Okay. that if you don't buy into the style, you have nothing else to hold on to. Because it's okay. not like you have characters. I mean, you have characters, but the point is that you don't really know this character. Because um, there's nothing of her to know yet until you yeah. get further into the movie. But so that if you are not buying into the style it's giving you, you're stuck with nothing, in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the occasional... And, to be fair, everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is a movie where you get to see Naked Scarlett Johansson. <gasps> yeah, and I didn't... I didn't. No one had ever sold it to me that way. I feel couple, like people had. I think people who sold it that way hadn't seen it because it was presented as like, that. But then you watch the movie and you're like, okay, I mean, yeah, she's occasionally naked because it would make sense for her to be. Yeah. But something that's very pointed about the movie is, as she's seducing quote, quotation marks all these men, she's clothed and they're not. Mm-hmm. Like you see more penises than you see when you add the time up. There's more penis time than Scarlett Johansson boobs time probably more penis time but she is naked a lot and for like longer periods and more intimate periods than i was expecting so but to that i say sexually though no never see her naked in a sexual situation it's not like sexy i mean she looks damn good but it's not no it's not leery or anything but it's a lot more prolonged than i expected yeah but like in front of the there's the in front of the mirror scene oh yeah but but it just but makes it, sense. But you don't like, but you exactly you don't think back and go like Jesus she was naked through that whole right. movie and by because that point it's not too it was presented yeah by that point they've given you Scarlett Johansson as a creature that her whole sexuality is if if you're a man watching it and you're like yeah I'd, I'd go into black goo for Scarlett Johansson um, but then you see what happens when you go into black goo for Scarlett Johansson like it it's almost and at the risk of sounding like really pretentious in saying this, like it is, it sexualizes her at the start, but then kind of empowers her and takes the sex out of it for so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a, like I said, it's not leery or, you right. know. And then the scene where she actually has sex or starts to have sex, 
it's once I realized what was happening there, mm-hmm. um, which is at one point she meets a man who she kind of like stays with for a day and he's sort of taking care of her. And then it, they start to have sex. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as soon as it begins, she flips out. Cause you could tell it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's kind of, it's really funny when you think about it. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. If you're an alien or if you're somebody that has no concept of sex, like, then suddenly this thing goes into you. What the hell is this thing? Yeah. Like, it was, I don't know, I thought that was, I liked once, um, and I mean, the movie's very specific about the point where she starts to become interested in humanity. And she, you know, she eats, she goes to a diner and has a piece of cake, and you can tell it's her wanting to experience what these people are experiencing. That scene really made me sad. It's really sad because it looks like it's good really cake. sad. It, it and and it, it's sad for like all like the the ridiculous fat girl reasons that I have. Like, oh my god, what if I couldn't eat that, that cake? Oh, I mean, so I can't, but I could eat a version of that cake. But like, <laughs> but then it's it's sadder on like other like more human levels, like. You didn't know that you couldn't do this until you're in this place and yeah. you realize that you can't do like how upsetting is that? Yeah. It is. It made me it made me really sad because I th- well I mean I think I mean I think this is an incredibly sad movie. Yeah, it I, it, it is. In a way it's kind of um I mean I'm sure there's so many different ways to read it. Um I think you could look at it as a sort of celebration of humanity. In that, like, mm-hmm. oh, look at all these things that we experience that, um, like, these are the things that make us human, is is eating cake and understanding, like, the joy of what a baby is mm-hmm. or, um, or sex. Like, all these things that, uh, that we – because I think the way, like, this, the easiest description of this movie is seeing humanity or seeing Earth – through the eyes of somebody not from Earth. Right? Yeah. This is an alien's, uh, like, viewpoint of humanity. Mm-hmm. So when she looks at, um, when she tries this piece of cake, it's something that we experience every day. Well, if you're me and eat cake every day, we experience all the time uh-huh. um, that this creature has never done. And it's it, it's both sad and fascinating and it is could be looked at as being really sad, but could also be... But look how wonderful it is that we get to do these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Oh, God, I'd be so sad if I couldn't eat cake. God, I don't want to think about that. No, don't do it. I know. Now, let me ask you a question, because I ask- I didn't get to confirm this. I just I th- yelled at you. I'm doing it. I'm going to ask you. Ask me. Okay, yeah. in the very beginning, there yes. is a dead woman that the motorcycle rider goes and brings the body and scratches your hands and takes her clothes was that actress Scarlett Johansson also? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. Oh, damn it. I know. I think it was supposed to be. Um, no, they have the dead woman quoted, um, credited as someone else. Super European to me. I can't really yeah. remember. Because that I was my first I... big question is, um, was that woman also alien? Was that, is that what this race does is they send somebody down and then when that person or body dies or wears out, they send the next one down. Um, well, that's I, very interesting. Like, and because that was it, once, like I thought that I was like, "Oh no, that that explains everything." It doesn't explain everything, but it did. It put things together to me a little better for why um, that this is like a like if this alien race, this is what they do. They send somebody down and they harvest male bodies mm-hmm. um, until 
they need to send another one down. And that, that being why the motorcycle guy knew when something was up because she wasn't doing her job. She wasn't doing her job, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. that there being something almost evolutionary about Scarlett Johansson then um, being tempted by humanity and wanting to learn more and kind of stepping outside of what her people usually do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that is intentional or not or if it matters, but... I mean, I don't know. Does it make a difference to you if she was the first one of her kind sent here or if she's one of many? It doesn't really. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see if you want to, an argument can be made for the interesting um, points for either backstory. Yeah. I can Um, see that. I'm curious in the book what it is. Yeah. um, I didn't... When I rewatched it, I didn't rewatch the very beginning because I was a- a- actually able to follow the very beginning. Because you wanted to see the penises, be Pretty- honest. Uh, yes, but... You don't get penises uh, in the very beginning. You gotta wait, like, 15 minutes. I know, there is time before penises. And I was really surprised and pleased. Um, I wonder, did this... This got <laughs> theatrical, didn't it? It did, but I don't know if it was an unrated theatrical. Yeah, I because... Uh, I don't think you can have an erect right penis in an R-rated film. Well, I mean, Christine... Why no? Come on! They, no, it's seriously. Yeah. It's a it's a thing. It's like obscene or whatever. But um, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know, rewatch it's far more obscene than, than a vagina or like a woman getting raped. I mean, come on, <sighs> standards. Hello. Um, I, I kind of followed the beginning of the movie, <laughs> so I didn't rewatch it. But I don't remember thinking that was Scarlett Johansson. That being said, yeah. I followed the whole movie. I can tell you what happens in this movie. I just had a really hard time paying attention to it. I well, I, I specifically, by the way, uh, IMDb has it rated R, which okay, sure. I'm right. kind of impressed that it was rated R. Actually, um, it's rare that they like don't double standardize something. Um, I very specifically watched it like when I knew I'd be home alone. Watching it with the lights out, doing nothing else for, you know, an hour and a half or whoever mm-hmm. long it was. And that is, you. this is not a movie, and birth isn't either, but, and I mean, one, film snobs could argue that no movie is a movie that you should watch in two sittings with other distractions. But, I mean, this is a sensory movie. This is a movie that is more about immersing you than mm-hmm. about telling a story. And I didn't, the first time I watched it, I didn't break up the viewings. I didn't play with my phone. I just couldn't pay attention. Yeah. I can understand that. It's, it it is kind of like, it's almost deliberately daring you not to. Like there is, you know, five minutes at a time of Scarlett Johansson driving. Now there are people out there that, hey man, when, when I get to my Netflix instant pick and tell you that I've waited my whole life to see a movie with a gorilla drinking a martini. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, there are people probably that have sat there their whole lives waiting for a movie where Scarlett Johansson drives in a van for five minutes. Yep. Uh, so it is like there were ways where if this movie was made like under a com- more commercial studio, it, it could have been a much more viewer-friendly film. Yeah. Things could have moved. Um characters could have spoken i i watched this with subtitles because i knew i wasn't going to understand anything because the volume on my tv isn't always great Mm -hmm. um there is something to be said for perhaps it is a benefit when you watch it and can't always hear because it kind of fits in because there's also scottish accents yeah Um, yeah that that is almost part that's intentional that 
you don't under hear everything because people are mumbling and it's not about what they're being said and all that. <laughs> so all of those things are the kind of things that would add up to the kind of movie I don't necessarily want to sit down and watch. And if I'm sitting down and watching it and not paying direct attention to it, I don't know or care what's going on. Yeah. But again, I, I do, I knew I was in for that kind of movie and it, it sucked me in and it got me. Mm hmm. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. And it's, I didn't not like it. I, I know it's very hard for me to well, explain and to say. Know, I, I hate, and I know I do it all the time. It's the same thing we like when we talk about like likable characters. I hate saying I liked it or didn't like it because I feel like it really is such a little word to use for something like this or birth where it's not like, I like, thumbs up. It's more <laughs> like, it, it's such a more, um, because I could think of movies that I think are good movies that I don't necessarily, quote-unquote, like. Yeah, okay, there you go. Um, and with this one, too, like, there's there's many people I wouldn't recommend it to. And if anybody who came from, like, and like you're saying right now, like you, somebody like you, who I know is somebody that did sit down and watch this, and turned to me and said, oh my god, that fucking movie was so boring and pretentious, I can't argue that because mm-hmm. I could totally understand why anybody would find this movie to be those things. Uh, for me, it just wasn't like the, the tricks sold me and I was, I was sucked into trying to just kind of experiencing whatever the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I, people had said to me, Oh, you're really, I think you're really going to like this film. You should watch it. Have you seen it yet? Mm-hmm. I think you're going to like it. And people are usually spot on. Like I said, if you read the synopsis of this movie, it's about an, an alien and, and, and she's, and she's like seducing men into a really weird black floor and then she decides that maybe she doesn't want to do that and she tries to eat cake and she gets real sick and then she gets raped in the woods and spoiler alert her skin gets ripped off and she's just this black thing and then she gets set on fire i'd be like why why am i not watching that right now (laughs) why am i not always watching that but there's something about it that just didn't hit for me and I really can't explain why. And I don't want it to be because of Scarlett Johansson, but it might be because I didn't find her compelling enough to watch. Oh, see, okay. So <sighs> for you, was she just did she just feel blank? She felt she felt blank without purpose. It wasn't that somebody said, You're blank and this is why. Yeah. It's like somebody said you're blank and she was like, Okay. <laughs> well yeah, there's um Oh god, because I've seen performances that are deliberately like that. Yeah. See, I, again, I can understand getting that from the performance. I thought it was because I, I think what's to me what was really cool about it was she's a playing several things she's playing the alien who's who really is clueless and is just kind of figuring things out but then she's also playing the um the kind of seductress who is actually playing a human as a sort of like flirty talky oh can you give me directions where it's this very, um, like, even that's kind of blank in itself, because it's her pretending to be a human being. Yeah. 
and I, I thought, I'm like, I, once I realized what she was doing, I really dug it. Because mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, I, I like the idea of, like, she's playing somebody, and it's the same with, like I'm saying, when she's, you know, eating cake, and she's playing someone who is trying to be human. It's the same with when she's just having those conversations. But then from there, it it keeps evolving, because then at a certain point, like when, I mean, the very famous thing that everybody talks about, when she picks up the man with the condition that I'm not even going to try to say, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, you could kind of tell that she's not just performing. She's not just acting. She is, starts to really be interested in what he's saying. Yeah. And I think there is a difference in that, scene and everything that comes after that then in how when she asks for directions from somebody and brings them home mm-hmm. and i think it's it is really subtle um but I, I i don't know once i kind of felt like that was there i could see it and i feel like i don't know maybe i was reading into it and seeing what i wanted to see from her i don't know mm-hmm. i would have i would have to watch it again to see like i i would and i would like to watch it again just to watch the nuances of is she being nuanced is she is there a difference between how she talks to the very first guy she picks up and how she talks to you know the man who she likes his hands yeah and then for, i mean for, and from there on i think her expression when she is walking you know uh through the countryside and with the man who she spends a day with i feel like there is a different it's a different woman than in the first scene when she's walking through a store buying lipstick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tricky performance and again, and the novelty of it being Scarlett Johansson, I think is really cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because I mean, she's the black widow and she's kind of playing a variation on the black widow. Yeah. That's neat. And that you have essentially like, one of the most famous, uh, like, universally agreed upon to be sexiest woman in Hollywood in this part where she is using that and the director is using that. But it, to me, it doesn't feel exploitive. I don't feel like it, it's all about Scarlett Johansson's body, which I've seen in magazines and in her tight Black Widow costume. like Well, yeah, I think maybe we can agree about on that with Jonathan Glazer is that he's not exploitative. Yeah. Yeah, it's but it's still like... and it, I mean, it's I think it's a great example of how a movie can have the world's sexiest woman in her underwear for a good 20 minutes in the movie mm-hmm. and it not feel like it's exploiting her. Yeah. Which is, you know, not easy to do. But... <laughs> Um, and now, so we, we mentioned the ending, so I think we can talk about it. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm curious, I feel like there's a lot of different interpretations on that very ending. On when she is now in the woods and she meets a man who is, does not have, you know, good intentions towards her. Mm-hmm. And tries to rape her. Um, she runs away and, as you said, he sets fire to her after she becomes, reveals her alien self. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what do you make of that? Why end it that way, do you think? I mean, there's a lot of ways this movie could have ended. So why end it that way? Uh, is there? I mean, it could have ended with her 
from what I I don't am I going to spoil the book if I tell you something I heard that how the book ends? No, no, you won't. Okay, and I don't know if this is right. This is I think because we were I was in a Facebook thread on this where a couple of people had some really interesting thoughts on it, mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember if it was there or somewhere else I read. I think the book ends with she's in a car that goes on fire and she stays in the car, so she kind of commits suicide. Okay, so you if you're reading it like. This is something that she allowed to happen or wanted. Like it's. I mean, I didn't get that from the movie at all. No, I didn't either. She seemed upset. Yeah, I, I didn't. I took that as, um, because I mean, as much as uh, I think she has, uh, seen seen humanity, she hasn't really seen like the real dark side of humanity from what mm-hmm. we've seen her see. You know, um. I mean, she's seen, we didn't talk about the early scene where the couple drowns in that water with, yeah. the, ba- with the baby, where the baby, you know, she, like, it's, like, she, I mean, she's seen probably people die, but that doesn't register to her, whereas when this man tries to attack her, it's something she hasn't experienced and she hasn't seen. Yeah. I mean, she has been essentially killing men for, for what we can kind of figure out, Um but it's such a, it's a different, it's a very different style and a different, um, it seems like she's doing that for food or for her alien race people, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas when this man, because she's already now a day after she's sort of had sex and been like, what the fuck are like just that being quote unquote alien. So then the next day this man tries to rape her and it's, I, I mean, I think it, to me, that choice is interesting because it, for a lot of reasons, I think one of it is it just is that cruelty that sh- it's the first time I think she sees that, yeah, in in mankind, um, and she just I mean she doesn't know what to do with it. She just you know she runs and escapes and doesn't escape. Um, so then when this man sees that she is an alien and throws liquid on her and sets her on fire, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I think like. My immediate thought of that was like, oh, is it kind of, you know, when she was beautiful, she could think of how many men she, like, she could have lured that guy to her black goo land. That yeah. was easy. He would have gone with her in a second. Um, but as soon as she kind of becomes a woman in a way, uh, she's sort of put into, you know, she becomes prey. Um, or is it that once she becomes not pretty, when she mm-hmm. becomes like a gooey alien mess, then like, oh yeah, well, pretty chicks can get away with anything, but ugly chicks, man, they just, oh, I never, too. yeah, I never, I never read it like that. <laughs> that was just one thought. Um, um it, Keith had a, a thought in the thread that I was in where I think he kind of saw it as being like ultimately really anti-woman in that, um, Trying to think. I think I, I think uh, Keith Allison over at Teleport City. I believe I copied this from his Facebook thread. Um, do 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 do. Um, but that the film's finale is problematic, and that's a condemnation. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, that it's a sort of rapist saves the men. Mm-hmm. So that it was more that oh god, she's done all these men that she's killed. So here's a man to save them, and he happens to be a rapist. Huh. I don't know. I there's there's a lot of different ways to take that last scene. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I if anything, for me, the the movie. I guess this is in the same vein, but it's very you know anti man. It what would you say? Just because they're all kind of 
um, easily lured into black goo? <laughs> Kinda. And then really murdery. Well, we only have one really murdery one, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, other than the um, alien uh, motorcycle driver. Yeah, and but I mean, the handful you get are either not portrayed they're in, in the most... prey. They're so easy, And then they're murdery, yeah. Well, and I mean, then the first... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I Like I said, if, if Birth was a movie where I was just, like, so swept up that I couldn't mm-hmm. think outside of what I was being presented, then this was a movie that I didn't give a shit enough to think about. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. No, no, no. I, again, I, that, it makes sense to me. If, you know, and I mean, you and I who are more often than not in line with, I think, mm-hmm. how we fall in movies, not always. Um, it's, I'm almost really glad that you, feel opposite of it because I think it, it's more interesting to me rather than us both just net, like, you know, saying the same thing. Like, yeah, I mean, it had me at one point too. Um, I really enjoyed the black goo stuff. Yeah. And then when they like, they kind of, um, reveal that the black goo was like, it's like, like, a, like water underneath. Yeah. Visually. Um, that's just so cool. That was maybe one of the most upsetting visuals I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Um, I got, really upset um and i was like this is this is a terrible horrible movie and i love it and um and then it's and then that's I was also like, shortly after the beach scene which i think is also yeah. really disturbing it, it is it is really disturbing and at that point it's still kind of like what the fuck is going on oh yeah and i mean it, truthfully if if you didn't read anything about her being an alien there's the movie never comes out and says it yeah. And it's really not until you get to the black goo where you're like, okay, yeah, all right, she's got to be an alien, right? Yeah. But it, then again, they never actually do come out and say that other than her, you know, being black goo at the end. Um, but yeah, it's it would have been interesting to go into this, to just like have gone to see this at a film festival where you knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, it, it's yeah, definitely a movie that will you'll take differently knowing anything. And I mean, for mm-hmm. me, knowing how divisive it was... Um, which sometimes for me is a negative because I watch a movie and I feel like I'm watching it and I'm like the whole time I have to like take stock on which side I'm falling on. Yeah. Uh, and I know, and I know that's something that I like try to get out of my system. Um, and with this one, and I would kind of agree that I think birth is a more, birth swept me up more where I didn't have to think as much in birth as Mm -hmm. I do in this movie. In this movie, as much as I am, lur- I, and I am in, under its spell, and the score especially, which I think is, did you like the music? Or did you uh, have feelings on the, on the music? I acknowledged that the music was um, an important part of it, but I didn't really have emotions either way about it. I mean, I thought this was one of those movies where, like, it, it, I did feel like the the score was selling everything to the yeah. movie for me. Where it it scared me, um, it I picked up on the cues and could kind of hear some of the specific, um, not songs but phrases that I'm like, oh, that I identified with characters and with mm-hmm. with the alien stuff or not the alien stuff, and it's just I I don't I think it was it's on what like violin and all this other stuff and then so it's that very discordant music that I tend to really like anyway, um, yeah, but I. 
I may even just buy the soundtrack and like it's the kind of music I could listen to when I if I was like wrote poetry I would totally listen oh, to that you're music. So funny. <laughs> my yeah. poetry would be terrible guys but it would be like yeah I'm gonna smoke a cigarette and write to the under the school under the skin soundtrack wow you're deep I, it would be like one of those like candy cigarettes <laughs> I mean, I'd so cool but so yeah it did it lured me in and I was in like I felt unsettled by it the whole time mm-hmm. but at the same time I was also thinking a lot while I was watching it yeah um and I don't know if I when I watch it again, which I will eventually. Um, if it, I think the, I. Well, there was like a long making of on the DVD that I got from Netflix, so I, I might I might just buy it. And it's just a hard movie to. It's one of those I know that I'll never be like, oh, I'm going to clean the apartment and put on under the skin. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely one that bears sitting down and watching. So that's why it's going to be a tough rewatch, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it it I was I was not as sucked in, um, but I was emotionally and kind of mentally, not intellectually necessarily, but like mentally felt very drugged watching it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't know about the I I don't know knowing the other choice from the novel. I think hurts the ch- hurts what it how it ends for me because i like mm-hmm. the idea of it being her choice i guess yeah um whereas it being at the hands of a man uh and like not just a man but at the hands of a man who tried to rape her mm-hmm. it i don't know what to make of that and i think there's a lot of different theories that we could that we've already talked about a few um and yeah i, d- I don't know how i feel about that and that almost mars it a little bit for me because it leaves me sort of nowhere in a way, mm-hmm. where she's gone through this sort of trying to understand, trying to experience humanity, only to then just have it kill her. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that in itself is the statement. But yeah, yeah, it's once a pretty you become good, human, it's a pretty solid statement. Yeah, I guess so. Now, now I'm comfortable with my theme. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, good. Woo! Yay! I'm glad we worked through that together. Yeah, well. I will accept alternate theories, though, on our Facebook page, everybody. Yeah, it's it's a tough cookie. It is a tough cookie of a film. A yeah. tough Scottish cookie. Scotland's really pretty. It's very pretty. Um, I mean, the scenic parts of it. Like, it's there's parts where I'm just like, ooh. But I also like that it's when they're kind of... Where they film, I really... I dug it. I don't know. I The... That they're like just driving on really unscenic streets, kind of worked for me. Just because yeah. it fed into that, you know, if like if you came from another planet and landed on Earth right now, you're not just you know you land in New York City. Let's say you land in my like outside my door. You're not just seeing the skyscrapers. You're also seeing the side streets and the subway and all these things that are very everyday and banal and gray uh that's a part of it and yeah it's you know like when she's walking down the street and looking at the faces of people like that's that is what i guess earth is and i don't know i i liked the lack of glamour to it i guess <laughs> yeah oh yeah um 
don't know. Do you have more to say or am I pretentiously over talking under the skin? No, I mean, you liked it. You got, you got a lot more out of it than I think I did. And I wanted to, um, I really wanted to get more out of it. Um, I did enjoy a lot of the visuals. Um, I wouldn't not recommend it to people. It just, uh, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't hit you. Didn't connect with you. It did not. I understand. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much everything I have to say. I've said a lot, I feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you liked it. Yeah. I mean, and again, I I liked it, and it's a movie that, like, I feel like in a year when we do a What Have You Been Watching, I'm going to be like, I watched Under the Skin again, and here's my – I've decided to undo everything I've said, and here's my new analysis. No. I'm sure you'll still enjoy it. I, I think I'll I would... still enjoy it, but I think I will – I'll get – it's a movie I think I'll get different things from each time I watch it. Yeah. Which, to I... me, is a is a great benefit of film. You're probably right. Like I said, I tried to rewatch it and I just kept falling out of it. And as I rewatched it, I realized that I hadn't missed anything the first time around. Gotcha. Like I'm like, yep, this happened. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> She's and I still, funny. I'm still not getting into it. Gotcha. But yeah. All right. So on that note, let's rate this baby. Okay. Okay. Uh, quality <laughs> of film. That's a tough one. Seven point five. Okay, so you're still going on a higher on a yeah. It's a good movie. Positive, positive review there. Yeah, yeah I'm going eight point two five because to yeah. me it is. It's not quite as good as Birth, but man, that score. And I again, I I appreciate what Scarlett Johansson does and how she's used. Yeah, uh, but and that score. Uh, okay, quality of life improved upon by film. Six um, point five. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I did with Birth and say eight point seven five. Is it mm-hmm. six point five for you? Yeah, that makes yeah. If you uh. For for what you've said, that makes sense. Yeah, I did not like it, and it's mm-hmm. not one of those things like this is a. Oh God, right, it didn't make your life far. worse. You just, just my yeah, eyes just, so itchy, and I just punched the microphone. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's right near my eye, it's, but lower it to have, so it's near your mouth. I, I know, but I have a You're, small you don't face. Talk out of my your mouth eye, is near my eyes. <laughs> you um, strange, strange woman. Yeah, I would. I would never be like. I can't believe you liked that, you dummy. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is not. Understood. Um, I will go uh, 8.75 for quality of film, uh, quality of life. Because, again, it's one that I feel like I I have thought about since I watched it two weeks ago. Um, And I will will continue to to ponder upon it and probably reference it and come back to it and all that stuff. So, yeah. Now, so that was Under the Skin. Uh, Now on to the future. Well, before the future. Uh, Netflix Instant Watch N- recommend. I actually have one. All righty, what you got? Um, it's been on for uh, I mean a couple, maybe a couple weeks now, but I finally got around to it. I watched um, Frank, oh, the right, Michael right. Fassbender and gigantic fake head. head. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I have to see every Michael Fassbender movie Even that comes they, out. I don't know if it's a spoiler. Does his face? Does he show his face at all? I think- um, it, it's kind of a spoiler. Okay, okay. So I'll, I'll, you should watch the movie. It's really, it's really quirky and funny and sweet and a little upsetting. Okay. It's it's a per it's the perfect film for me. It's upsetting <laughs> and, and sarcastic and shitty all at the same time. Gotcha. Um, it was it was sweet though. I liked it. Um, I liked it. It was not what I expected, but okay. um, I remember really that was a movie that like when it because I'd never seen a trailer for it, but suddenly mm-hmm. everybody was posting about it on Facebook. 
And it was the weirdest thing to have no context for and to just suddenly see everybody talk about Michael Fassbender, but it was a man with paper mache head. Yeah. And then they started photoshopping his, him into other Michael Fassbender movies, and it was really freaky. Yeah, it's it's a good time. Okay. Um, it was good, though, and it's it's streaming, and yep. hopefully it'll be on for a while because it just showed up. Mm-hmm. But so it should be there for a bit. I recommend it. All right. Um, my Netflix instant recommend. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, I talked about gorillas drinking martinis. Yes. So this was a movie that I avoided seeing for literally 20 years because it came out in 1995. Because when, once I saw the trailer in 1995 when I was 13, it presented itself in a way where I'm like, oh no, it looks like a lot of monkeys die in this movie. I don't want to watch it. And I, I did still never seen it. And um, Dr. Zom of Silva and Gold had recommended it many times to us and on our page. And I was just like, hey, you know, let me put it on my queue. It's on instant now. Maybe I'll get to it eventually. And so I started Congo. Mm-hmm. And then I, Brandon happened to walk by as I started it. And I knew he'd seen it. I'm like, I paused it. I'm like, there is an adorable talking gorilla. You have to tell me, does she die? And Brandon's like, no. I'm like, you're promising me she doesn't die. He's like, no, no, no. I, I know, I'm like, because I'm going to turn the movie off if she's going to die. And he's like, no, 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 she doesn't die. Good monkeys don't die in this movie. Um, Congo, spoiler alert. The spoiler alert, <laughs> the good monkeys make it. Congo is so fucking amazing, Christine. Have you ever seen it? A long time ago. I didn't care for it. God. Okay, okay. I know, I might not have a soul, everyone. No, granted, this is, again, there, I am such an easy mark. We know this. Um, but in this movie, here are some of the things this movie has. This movie has Ernie Hudson as the as the lead. Like mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson plays the like <laughs> he plays the mercenary who introduces himself with a weird with a sort of English accent, but not really. With and his uh-huh. line is, "I'm your great white hunter, only I'm black." Okay, already awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got that. You've got an adorable gorilla who has a mechanism that lets her speak, so she talks. And she's adorable, and she does things like smoke a cigar, and um, hog a teddy bear, mm-hmm. and um, oh my god, she eats a banana, and she plays with a lizard, and she drinks a fucking martini, Christine. She drinks a martini. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So that that happens. And then, the, oh, Laura Linney is like the lead chick, and she is fucking kick-ass. <laughs> like th- there's like one comment where somebody's like oh do you need help and she's like no and that's it and the whole movie she doesn't need help she's a better shot than everybody she's mm-hmm. kick ass she it's like somebody it's like and you don't know how much of it was her and how much of it was um i forget who directed it but it's just like they were just like well, we're gonna have a strong woman and we're not gonna make a thing about her being a woman she's just gonna be fucking awesome and she is and Christine, I didn't mention the best part, other than the the gorilla drinking the martini. Tim Curry is in it, and he he shows up and he starts talking. And I paused it and I said to Brandon, "So he's a, I I can figure out already that he's kind of a con man, but uh-huh. he's supposed to be like he's pretty like he's supposed to be Romanian. I'm like he's not Romanian, right? Like he's British, and they're going to reveal that he's British. And Brandon's like, no, he's he's Romanian." And he is, and he's doing the most ridiculous accent you have ever heard in your life, and it's That's amazing. Funny. It's worth the price of, the, of of instant watch alone. I don't remember that. Oh my god, it is this movie's amazing. Um, yeah, my my Netflix instant watch is Congo, and I stand by it with every fiber of my being. As you should, Indeed, friend. I should. Okay, so that was that. Now on yeah. our next episode. Yes. Okay. So now 
Upon listening to Christine on the Mad, Bad, Downright Strange showcase podcast episode, uh, the, it came up that you guys started talking about um, Brandon Cronenberg's antiviral. Yeah. Which I actually did watch recently, but I decided to save that discussion because it was I was inter- interested watching it. And I'm like, yeah, that would be a good movie to cover eventually. Yeah. And it because it dawned on me that we have never covered a David Cronenberg film. Have we? Yes. I don't think we have. No. no. So we're going to do Not a father-son I... double feature on the Sounds next episode. Sounds sexy. So um, antiviral by Cronenberg Jr., and Christine, I left it up to you to pick the other, the, the Papa Cronenberg movie. Mm-hmm. What did you pick? I haven't picked anything yet because I really don't feel comfortable with this. <laughs> um, do you get the same feeling I do that, like, David Cronenberg, if you ever met him, like, if you just, I don't know, you met him at, like, a fan thing, let's say. He'd make me cry. Or he'd yeah. make you pregnant without actually, like, oh, oh. putting a penis in you. Um, I wasn't sure where to go with this. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, because his movies really upset me. (laughs) I like to upset Christine sometimes. I don't know if I should pick one I haven't seen and I'm scared to see because it's going to upset me, or if I should just pick one that, you know, because there are some that I've avoided. There's things I've avoided because I don't want to be upset. The the main (laughs) one being I'm I'm afraid to watch Naked Lunch and I don't know if I should just pick Naked Lunch. Mm. Oh my God. I just had the craziest allergy attack. (laughs) <laughs> Are you allergic to the naked lunch? It might be. That being said, I I don't think I'm going to pick something like I like a history of violence. I, I don't feel like we need to talk about mm. that. Um, Dangerous Method. I was like one of the eight people that enjoyed that movie. Cosmopolis. I actually liked that movie. I know I did too. I'm one of the most weirdest. We, we don't need to talk about those movies. <laughs> um, I'm. Oh God, I'm going to pick. Can I pick now live on air? Yes. Okay. You have me like, I'm like twiddling my thumbs here. I'm like, oh, what you gonna go with? What you gonna go with? Okay. I don't think this movie is gonna upset me, but it might. I'm gonna pick Crash because I've never seen it and I'm afraid to watch it. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's, that's probably the best. I've never seen Crash beginning to end. I've okay. seen bits of Crash. Um, I, I still think it will upset you, but that's, you've made your choice. You oh, no. And, I was gonna pick Existence because I oh, actually like love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> No one else It's a fun does. one. Oh, it's a it's fun really one. It's really good. Yeah, and it's very... Existence 2 is very ahead of its time. It had the misfortune of coming out the same year as The Matrix. That's all. Yeah. Um, but no, but I think Crash is actually going to be a really good pairing with Antiviral. Oh, God. Because I think they're I'm both, so like... Afraid. There's the the way... I don't know. I, th- I think they'll make a good double, so... All right, yeah. And that being said to everyone, I love The Brood. I love Scanners. Videodrome makes me want to cry. The Fly makes me want to jump oh, off a bridge. I, I cry at The Fly. I almost picked Rabbit. Should I pick Rabbit? Have you seen Rabbit? I've seen Rabbit. I have it on VHS, Fuck, should actually. I, should I have picked it? No, no. no I, I, kind of, I feel like Crash and Anti... I think, I think Crash and Antiviral makes a really good pairing. Because I think there's... A, I won't say similarities, but I feel like... Because what I found really interesting about antiviral was I would have I would have probably assumed it, it was like Cronenberg watching it, um, mm. and there's something really like kind of adorable and interesting about the fact that David Cronenberg's son seems to have the same sensibilities, um, mm-hmm. and I think the sensibilities I'm talking about are very evident in Crash 
So okay. I think it's going to be a good pairing. So Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, I'm afraid to watch, just so everybody knows, I'm afraid to watch um, Rabbit because I really like Marilyn Chambers and I'm really afraid something bad's going to happen to her and I don't want to watch it. She's in her armpit. I mean, like we all do. Is she okay in it? Does anything bad happen to her? Um. Oh, you can't answer. I don't, no, 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 no. I don't want... I mean, I mean I really it's more that she's causing bad things because she's like causing a whole lot of... Um, zombie sex people out there i think yeah okay all right well maybe someday but we're gonna do crash crash and antiviral and antiviral all right all right god this Uh, was really harrowing i'm glad you were here with me (laughs) um um, don't worry don't worry i'm I'm, we are sharing one microphone in our own way all right uh all right so um come share your favorite gross pictures of david cronenberg movies in it to make her really freaked out Guys, don't. <laughs> uh, and um, watch Congo. Don't. Uh, or, or guess watch it. I don't know. I was bored by it, but it's been a long time. Christine, you're older now. I think you're at the age where you can appreciate a gorilla drinking a martini okay. on a plane with okay. Ernie Hudson. Okay. I'm just saying. All, All right, right. Come to our Facebook page. Share your thoughts. All of that stuff. And um, happy, uh, happy cold winter ugly weather time. To everyone. Yes, happy that. Happy that. <laughs> happy January blues. Good night. <laughs>